Howdy, and welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. Oh. I'm Emily. Travis. Matt. A Christmas time howdy. Very festive. A Christmas time howdy. Where are the jingle bells? Yes. I don't know. It's Christmas. Your bells are jingling and jangling. (laughs) It's Christmas. It's Christmas next week. Right now it's December 18th. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. This will be out. This will be out some after sometime. Christmas. <laughs> this is another present for you to unwrap a little later. This will be the last full episode of the year, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's it, this is both Christmas and the end of the year uh, episode, yeah. so we can do resolutions or our best of the years if we want. Oh my gosh. Or what we want for Christmas. <gasps> we can go either way. Mm. We've got about eight minutes to kill up top here. Eight well, whole minutes. Eight whole minutes. My New Year's resolution. I don't know. I don't really have one. Well, I don't know if it needs to be said then. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> keep it to yourself. I Matt. completed my New Year's resolution <laughs> for this year. What so was it? To uh, drink significantly less. Oh, that's good you were job, say Matt. Yeah. <laughs> significantly less. This comes right after me and Matt were like, we were so drunk on yeah, that we last did, episode. We did of get Viva. hammered on that last episode of Eva. Look, I didn't say I wasn't going to get drunk anymore. I just said I was going to drink less. Less. Make it count more. And I have. Combine it's them. more special if you if you drink less, then it's more special when you yeah, do drink. That's that's the thing. That's the way people got to think about it. Yeah. Like what's what's so cool about getting drunk if that's just you just you just did that yesterday? Ask too. a glass of water. Eh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. That's that's tremendous. Um, <laughs> so Matt's resolution is nothing. He's perfect. He's got it. He's got well, this I'm thing comfortable with something, out. but I haven't thought about what it's going to be this year. I mean, it might be to like get my dog some decent training. Mm. <sighs> it's our home anniversary. I brought her home one year ago today. Happy anniversary, Matt and Lily. It's beautiful. Keep going. Thanks. No, that's all. That's it. That's it. That's a pretty song's good. over. That's Perfectly the number one record. <laughs> that's and I said that's the number one record. Now that's the sound. Strummed out this tune, yeah. Ugh, Futurama. What's your resolution? Uh, Travis. Just keep on going. Just keep, keep on, on keeping on, keep on, on rocking on, man. Keep on rocking and rolling and making good movies. <laughs> I know my, I keep know on myself rocking in the free world. Well. I have too much self awareness to do New Year's resolutions. I'm if like, you tell I'm yourself you will do it, shit. yeah. Because <laughs> all my all my resolutions would have to be very hard, very hard things to do, and I don't want to do hard things. Well, you take a hard thing and you break it down into little manageable steps, Travis. Mm. Travis doesn't know anything about hard things. Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> hey. My New Year's resolution is to kick this guy's ass. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. Get him! Get him! In this, in the next year, I do vow to kick Matt Lynch's ass. Oh my God! Fine. Yeah. I'm not using it. I'm going to pummel him. <laughs> I'm not using it. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, we are we are just jolly this morning. I am feeling pretty jolly. I... I'm a little fucked up because the... You're this, a little this, fucked this, up right now? The Starbucks uh, mocha that Emily got me. Oh, that yeah. Somebody is having a fucking a moment over there at Starbucks. This thing, this thing is like a quarter chocolate. <laughs> Travis is fucking I'm, hyped up off chocolate I right think now. I'm really jacked. Did you read that? Smoker. Did you read the thing that there's like cadmium and chocolate here now? Because what does that mean? It's like it's like a toxic heavy metal that's in like 70 percent of yeah. American chocolate. Oh, what does oh. it do? Does it make you cooler? It probably I don't know. Probably makes your dick drop off or something. I don't know. That, Good that thing I don't have it. one. You'll be fine. I'll be okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, sorry, I, Travis. I, I read this Fuck. yesterday. It's like it's like you know toxic heavy metal. It's bad. It's like mercury or something Dude, like that. Hell yeah, toxic Are they putting it in metal? there? Or is just, just I like just a little working. toxic heavy metal. Like a bang in my head. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Do we have an explanation for why the cadmium is getting in the chocolate? Are the they cadmium factory is next to well, the chocolate factory. Oh fuck! There's no <laughs> way to find nightmare. out. 
They're just right next to each other. It's I told you, get that cadmium factory farther away. <laughs> you got your well, somebody, cadmium somebody, in my chocolate. Somebody got mixed up with cadmium cream eggs. It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they keep getting smaller every year, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Where's the cream food? Dark chocolate. Let's see. 23 of 28 chocolate bars tested have high lead and cadmium <laughs> levels. Wait, lead? 23 out of 28? This is in Forbes magazine, uh, apparently tested by Consumer Reports. <laughs> you guys, that's a lot. Dude, check it's this too out. Many, it, says, it says, yeah, heavy metal may be okay in your music, but not so much in your dark chocolate. Oh, love that. Love that. I would have read that. Love that. Print. It's ready to go. Beyond good organic pure dark chocolate, seventy percent cocoa, cadmium levels reaching a hundred and twelve percent of cam- of California's like minimum dose. This is funny. Uh, <laughs> let's all get let's get twenty eight candy bars, eat them all, and we'll know that we definitely ingested a lot of lead. Oh my god! And that that dose is 0.5 micrograms. So is it every like, chocolate or a certain brand of chocolate? It's all these. Di- they're listing all of them. The, tra- works, the Trader Joe's dark chocolate. Don't eat that shit. But I love it. Yeah, it works for me because I am. Full, it's full of cadmium. I'm microdosing cadmium right now. So <laughs> yeah, it's probably great. making us stronger, faster, better. <laughs> I like to think it is. Nobody's told me that, but I, Theo I think or- it is. Theo organic pure dark, seventy percent. Everybody Not drinks. Theo. Everybody eats Theo's chocolate Not around Theo. here. Theo. A hundred and twenty percent of the uh, MADL in California for lead. A hundred and forty-two percent for cadmium. Not like this, Theo. So you're getting like several micrograms of okay. heavy metal every time Didn't you the eat boomer, one of these. The boomers all are full of lead. <laughs> yeah, some people so. think that that's why the boomers are so fucked up in the head is because they because of just, the lead. They were just licking lead doorknobs yeah. in there throughout their whole childhood, and, and they turned out fine. Yeah. Suck a bunch of lead politicians' There's dicks. Oh so, yeah, man, <laughs> those fucking clowns. What a bunch of clowns. <laughs> well, speaking of clowns, speaking oh. of numbers. No, it's okay. I didn't want to talk about my New Year's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we forgot. No, it's fine. It's no. like, it's, I'm just what a girl. I'm no. just a girl on the podcast. Maybe you could be less of a girl about it this year. Yeah, there you go. You know what? I wish nothing but the best for you guys. That's your so. resolution? <laughs> for us to have no, nothing my resolu- but good? I, I bought some vitamins that I'm going to try to take daily, and uh, I want to start saving money. Oh, that's a very well, good the news. The first resolution. one is very easy to do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Have you tried taking pills every day? I eat gummies. What kind of pills? I take vitamin gummies. Like on a woman's. So not uh, like Demerol or anything. I got. Well, I have my I my try normal to take Demerol medication once a day. And then I have woman's multivitamin that has a bunch of good stuff in it. And then I have uh, an ashwagandha uh, magnesium blend that's supposed to be really good for stress. Oh, oh yeah. Oh heavens, yes. Yes. No, Anyways. just put that into your morning routine. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to save less <laughs> money, though, because vitamins are so expensive. Yeah, but it's not like you have to buy them every day. True. Good point. Investment. Investment. As a person <laughs> as a person who can barely do anything, uh, this is that one is very doable. You think I can do it? Absolutely. If I can do it, okay. anybody can do it. Hopefully, they'll change my life. Uh, they they <laughs> sure won't. I, ins- I now, assume they will. Now, the saving money thing, that, that's fucking hard I right can't. there. That's nearly impossible. I haven't had a savings account forever any time. It's because the rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high. It's true. My rent is going up this year. Are you going to stay in that place? Uh, Well, that that remains to be seen. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, they changed the law, so they have to tell you six months in advance right. before they do this sort of thing. That's which is good. That's r- a good a, amount of time. The rare good thing that happens for renters in, in Seattle, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see. Oh, my God. I was at the smoke shop, one of my bar hangouts, and mm-hmm. one of the guys at the bar was clearly a landlord complaining oh complaining about about how Seattle is screwing landlords. And 
Uh, all of the, out. you know, all of the stuff. How He's like, and then the renters in town, they don't understand what it's like to have to pay property taxes. It's like, yeah, we can't afford to it's buy a house. Because we're paying, we're paying re-rent. Yeah, we're paying your property taxes, you fucker. What? God I'm changing my, re- my resolution kicking that guy's ass. Kill all landlords you're is gonna, my news re- New <laughs> Year's resolution. Your resolution is just to kick a bunch of different people's asses. <laughs> That's, That's right. the year of ass kicking for Travis. <laughs> it would be out of character. I've never kicked That's anyone's cool. ass. I like, I I like how 2020, 2023 is going to be Travis's year of ass the kicking. The year of Travis's boot <laughs> and your motherfucking ass. Have you seen out. the new Travis? He kicks everyone's ass. <laughs> He, he made kicked. a resolution, and damn, he's sticking, <laughs> he's to, sticking it. to it. He's sticking to it. He kicked my ass. He's got a license plate on his bike that says ass kicker. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool, dude. That's rad. You don't want to hear that bike coming by. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's stopping. Oh, God, wait, we've got a second. He's coming uphill. Ring, ring. <laughs> He's kicking my ass again. What did I do? You did something. I like how you ring the bell when you arrive at the guy you're gonna kick. How, ass. how does how does the bell go? Ring ring. <laughs> That's my new favorite oh my God, thing. I'm gonna cry. That's okay. my new favorite thing. Shit. Shit, it's me. He rang the bell. <laughs> oh, no. It's like death arriving at your fucking doorstep. It's Travis on his bike with the bell. But in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> as a society, we do need to start kicking landlords' asses when they start bitching about that sort of stuff in public. Yeah, not it, cool. We just need to kick their asses. I don't know. Eddie Murphy said it best. Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. <laughs> Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. <laughs> Hound dog barking. Do he bite? We're too polite as a society to landlords. And that's my, and that's my holiday Speaking time Speaking of landlords, okay. what are we covering this week? Well, these are lording, these movies lorded over. This was my first. Good try. Uh, <laughs> this is my picks. Yeah. Yes. This is my first contribution. Woo. And damn, is it a great one. It's going to be a good episode. And uh, the title of this episode is Dumb and Number. Why is that? That's because we have Murder by Numbers 2002. We have Lucky Number Slevin, 2006, and The Number 23, 2007. <laughs> what if it turns out that something in this episode adds up to 23 it's gonna. or some shit like that? Uh, absolutely. Because, well, we'll talk about it. Law but of averages. You can just do any goddamn math you want to come up with the <laughs> number 23. Sure. I don't know, guys. You can pick and choose any fucking it's number pretty, from anything. pretty crazy. And you can Hold do, on to it. And you Hold can do 32. It. Okay, all right. Hold on to it. Okay. See, it's driving you crazy oh, already. I'm going nuts because of this number. Anyways, we're not going to kick off with that one. No, no we're, we're gonna starting start with 2002's with even more boring, diabolically <laughs> boring <laughs> murder by numbers. And the longest murder by numbers. They forged a conspiracy. You don't have the discipline to commit a murder and get away with it. Let's see. To commit the perfect crime. Let's derange the world. We will. They devised a plan. We're dealing with a secondary crime scene here. To get away with murder. Coroner said strangulation was slow. Perhaps the victim is being tortured. Welcome to homicide. It's only gonna get worse, I warn you. They conceived a game. No fingerprints, no murder weapon. They'll have their work cut out for them. To mislead her investigation. No prints off the girl's skin. Killer must have been wearing gloves. He doesn't fit the profile. Yeah, the profile doesn't fit the profile. And now... Can I ask you a couple questions? Sure. You tell her anything about us? When she gets too close... We need to work up profiles on these kids. Look for juvie records, talk to their teachers or friends, if any. They must teach her. I think these kids did this. I think they're not even hiding it. They want to prove they're smarter than we are. The number of ways. I want to blow your brains out, and I'm going to make it look like a suicide. And you're going to be executed. 
to die. Moida by numbers. This was sleep-inducing. I felt comatose when this was over. Two whole hours, baby. Oh, brutal. Two hours long. I got. I I what watched this fuck? one first to get it out of the way. Same, same. I watched these in order. We're gonna do them. So I think I um, watched them in in order in chronological this order. This is directed by. Barbette. Barbet Schroeder. Barbet Schroeder, who who directed Single White Female. Mm-hmm. Barfly. One of our fun movies. One of our fun movies. Barfly. <laughs> Barfly. <laughs> Barfly <laughs> Schroeder. Oh, Barfly. Barfly Schroeder. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he directed. We, we, he did the Michael Keaton one, Desperate th- Measures. Which we enjoyed, which is terrible, was, but we enjoyed that it. That was a fun movie. He did Reversal of Fortune. Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights. We've done oh, no, that's Pacific John Schlesinger. Oh, that is that's Schlesinger. True. Damn. That's true. Uh, this Barbie Schroeder did uh, Reversal like of Fortune. Okay, with Jeremy's Jeremy's Iron. iron. Uh, uh, and uh, you know it, he was he did a lot of more sort of more famous sort of stuff in the '60s and, and things like that. He's one of those art house, you know, kind of comes from the art house classy. What's the one that What's the one that he did that's did the, the bondage, the BDSM romance that's really good? Oh, the name of that? where the guy it? hammers a nail through his dick. <gasps> good movie. That's I can't des- remember the name of it right now. That's Desperate Measures. <laughs> Dick Hammered 4. Michael Keaton Barbie escapes Schroeder. from prison. Dick by Hammered 4? Dick- yeah, it's like in a they series. They killed his second cousin, Frank. Big mistake. <laughs> Dick Hammered. Dick Hammered. Anyway. LA's toughest cop. It's Mike Amber's cousin. <laughs> we get, We get... Okay, so this came out in 2002. I believe I watched it. Uh, probably a year after it came out because this is another one of me and Keegan's favorites. Oh yeah, did you guys watch this a lot when you were kids? Yeah, because of Ryan Gosling oh. and, it, and all of their great hey. clothes. Ah, uh, dude, I don't think I appreciated back then how how much I appreciate now Sandra Bullock's uh, turtleneck game. I'm also I'm wearing a, a little mock turtleneck just oh, for nice. her today. Um, Sandy Bullock. She still goes hard lover. with the turtleneck. She looks great in this. Each yeah. of these movies has a classic hunk in it. We got Ryan Gosling in this one. We got Josh Hartnett, Lucky Number Eleven, and Jim well, Carrey. I thought you were going to say Sam Chaplin in this Jerm one. Curry. Jim Carrey. Jim Curry. Jim Curry. Jim Curry. Gernsling. Gernsling. But we also have weirdo, beautiful alien Michael Pitt in this. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not gonna say Michael Pitt is good in this, but boy, he sure looks the part. Like that—that that, that is good casting, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly what that guy needs what to guy, look like. What is he doing now? <laughs> oh, Michael Pitt. He yeah. still works. Is he? Does he? Mm-hmm. He's probably on a TV show. I would he assume. was on Hannibal for a while. Oh, he that's would. That's right. Be, he's he? a Dur- Gerger, Mason Verger. Stop. Yes, he's Merman Burber. <laughs> Merman Burber. Gerber Gerber. That's really his name, though. <laughs> it's Mason Verger. Oh, Herman Glerber. Uh, he's looking good now. Oh, well, good. good for it's you, like Michael the Pitt. look he had, he grew into it, and now it's like very much. Yeah, he like, still looks like a 13 year old who just has not figured out how to shave, but. Uh, I think he's hot. No, well, he's, you would he think is. That. I think he's, I think he's, he's like definitely a no. very, he's attractive in a weird way. I'd be scared of him. I think I'd be scared of him, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, the vibes are all over the place with Michael Pitt. <laughs> But I mean, good, f- good for him. <laughs> good for him. He, he is, as they say, a striking-looking person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a unique look. That one picture was good, and then I kept scrolling, and I was his. It was just a little scary. Is you, you know tense. who's you know who's really <laughs> bad in this movie is is Rune and Gerdsling. He's bad. <laughs> this was a semi-star-making role for him. Unbelievable. To oh, me. I remember the, the, this movie didn't get hardly. You know, the, well, this was not a well-received movie, and I don't believe a hit of any kind. But people were like, "That Ryan Gosling's got it." It, the, it was like the like the the small thing. He, that he has, took one, from he this has movie. one scene in this that I like, and it's when he's trying to pick up the girl oh, in the car. Oh my god! And he's, he's headbanging, so and he's like, he's like, get in the car. It's fun in here. <laughs> it's fun in here. <laughs> he's listening to me. He's doing a little shimmy. Like I sent you guys the fucking text. <laughs> yeah, Avery he's, Wolf he, he does the devil horns and. The, the metal scream yeah, it's hot. awesome hot. 
Um, oh, Travis told me him. that him and Sandra dated. I'm sure that's yeah. true. And she's he, he was 22 and she was 15 years older than him. That sounds good and to I me. And I think it works fine. I think it works fine for both of them. I, I wish mean, I had dated an older woman when I was that age. Can you imagine being 22 and you're dating Sandra Bullock? You guys, imagine you dating a 22-year-old. I'm about to be 33. Imagine dating a 22-year-old sounds like a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. When I was 27, no, 29, I dated a, a 21-year-old. That's cool. It was fine. We we were together for like eight years. <laughs> nice. I think whatever nice. I think whatever age Ryan Gosling's at dating him is gonna be some sort of bizarre adventure. Just ask that a, Rachel McAdams. He's a true stranger. True stranger. He's, <laughs> he's a genuine stranger. Is that, that the, new, is that the new Nick Pizzolatto show? True stranger. <laughs> true stranger. <laughs> With Ryan Gosling, we would all watch Nicky that. Nikki Pizza. Shit. Yeah. Nikki Pizza. We also have uh, Chris Penn in here. Oh, Chris, right. oh God, Chris Penn playing, playing a, a schlubby dirtbag. This is this is sad. You see, Chris Penn. There's As one the janitor drug dealer. There's one scene where Chris Penn is watching porn with a bong next to him while selling drugs to a high school student, and then and the like next scene he's watch it, the next right? scene he's getting his brains blown out. Did I tell That's you, Chris Penn's role? My favorite in this. thing That's about Chris, Chris Penn. Penn in this movie is if you look in his like his trailer or wherever that he lives, he has uh, like a water cooler. You know, like one of those office water coolers, but the jug of uh, the water jug is full of uh, beer bottle caps. <laughs> cool. It's just to show everybody how much I've drank. It's just to show everybody how many beers I've I drink. Look at all the beers <laughs> I drank. I drank them all. What do you think I'm lying on this couch all day for? <laughs> I can't even fucking move. I drank so many beers. Go for him. Go, Go for, for him. him. Go for him. Stop pointing that gun at my dad. Stop pointing that fucking gun at my dad, Larry. We also have Ben Chaplin. <laughs> oh God! As just See, like this is a bad, bad movie. Chaplin, There's my nothing, ass. Nothing worse in this movie than <laughs> Sandra Bullock and Ben Chaplin together. Especially when they're negative when, chemistry. When she's trying to bone him, very doing her like her cougar bone thing. Bizarre. Very unpleasant. Bizarre. He's just kind of a, a sad, sad boy. Kind he of has like eh, twelve. Eh, year, he eh. has twelve year old vibes. That, that scene he where does. she tries to take him to bed, where like she starts kissing him, and he's like. He's like, what are you doing? We work, t- we work together. We can't do this. She's like, it's just called sex. It's fun. You should try it. And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is what, what I want. And she goes, what do you, what want? Do you want? And, and he goes, this. <laughs> and it's like, you and just they start said going out. It's want. like, what? <laughs> he's, but he's like 29 in this, and it seems like pedophilia when she's hitting I like when stuff. she kicks him out of bed. He's wearing underoos. Get the fuck out of here. She says I'm, it's too small. I'm one in a... Pr- <laughs> no, the bed. The bed, not a bed's dick, too small. But maybe... Well, it's because she's emotionally distant. He looks like distant. he has a tiny dick. She's emotionally distant she because of her a, trauma. She has a complicated traumatic past that gets triggered. Um, obviously, in the line of work she's in, she's she needs to understand that she's going to keep being fucked up. It's the first in a long Isn't line of, like... Isn't it supposed to be a twist? What? Like, because she tells the story... But you're not supposed to know it's her, right? It's clear it's her. I mean, no, that, to oh, me it her, is. Her, when we finally get the inevitable story about her, her yeah. trauma, no, I think no that's not a twist. No, no, because I think a it's twist obvious that she's just telling everyone it's not. Okay. Because she's like, yeah, it was someone I was really close to it happened to. Okay, because when she like, tells the story, she tells it in the third person, and I was like, are we supposed to not know it's her? Okay. No, well, I think we're just supposed to see that she is being, she has her guards up, you right. know? Okay, okay. Because mm. it's, so, it's so late in the movie, I thought that they were trying to do something. It's, well, it's a bad movie, so <sighs> don't, who knows? Don't try to do something, Murder by Numbers. Right. It's too late. Basically, what we're talking about is that Sandra Bullock, when she was uh, younger, she like married young into an abusive relationship, and the guy... Uh, eventually stabbed her 17 fucking times, yeah. dumped her body, and then she survived, and he went to jail, and now he is 
uh, trying to go on parole, and for some reason wants they want her to to well, not for some reason testify they, they want the her to testify, hearing. and she's all guarded about that and not telling anyone that that's why she is a detective now. Mm-hmm. And it has all it's like but we see flashbacks. Semi interesting so. theme about what's going on because of this trauma. She was uh, sixteen right when they got married or something like that. But is that is that Carl Hudson, her ex husband who almost murdered her, is in jail right now, <coughs> and she's basically just trying to forget. She's just trying to put mm-hmm. that whole part out of her life entirely without addressing it. But it's insane but that she even thinks she can in the line of work that she's in. It, oh, ab- absolutely. I yeah. mean, it led to her whole thing. It's like her birthday is sort of ty- sort of thing. Um, but uh, but at the same time, she's like, this guy was cool, handsome, the star football player, mm-hmm. and then he turned out to be a monster, and that's why she's specifically going after Ryan Gosling so hard because he's cool, he's cool, popular. Po- he's the same kind of like these Sh- these cool charming. kids, these charming, handsome, psychopath high school kids who get away with everything. But then that leads her to maybe hypothetically like uh you know misreading the case in a way that this we're leading up she to the I'm talking involved. about the twist the quote unquote twist that happens at the end of this movie we right. haven't even that talked we'll about talk about but it's stupid yeah we haven't even talked about actually like what happens but let's here. drill down on this so this let's plot drill down. so to speak let's grill down let's grill down let's grill down on it let's just real, let's play it real close to the ground here yeah <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, these, we're kind of dropped into this. These two high school students, Michael Pitt and Ryan Gosling, are in the midst of pulling off a perfect murder. Mm-hmm. Because Michael already Pitt started their plan. is super, super smart. And Ryan Gosling has the charm and the popularity and the money and the family name to kind of, with both of these parts, yeah. they feel like they can really pull it off. So why not try? Right. They're both rich kids. And it's like a Leopold and Loeb thing. Leopold, yeah. Or, yeah. And that's what the rope, the guys in rope are based on as uh-huh. well. Same type of deal. They're they're like lightly uh, coded as gay, um, but you know they don't actually like kiss or anything like that. No, but then later on, it's like a, it turns into a b- big part of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it, it's very it's very much rope, Leopold and Loeb, all that sort of thing. But like, uh, right, so what, are you, what are we doing with this rope? <laughs> uh, oh, what's the deal with the rope here? Uh, 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 why's the camera going into my back? Jimmy Stewart and Ryan Gosling, basically the same. That's me. Uh, but M- Michael Pitt is uh, is like the intellectual. They're both fascists, of course. Michael Pitt's like the intellectual fascist. He's introduced like, or he's he, we see him in class, like quoting. Or he's he's not quoting Nietzsche, but he's basically like, I believe in like Nietzsche type shit <laughs> in front of class <laughs> about how just like crime is freedom and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then he would of course argue, you know, if people bring it up later on, they're like, No, I'm just trying to like take on controversial ideas and uh, like my favorite comedians. Yeah, but he's the kind of guy who's into like Nietzsche and Gabrielle D'Annunzio and all that kind of stuff. He's an intellectual fascist, and Ryan Gosling is is like a dumb, shallow, thrill thrill seeking rich type boy, of rich yeah, boy who doesn't who doesn't have the smarts for this kind of fascism, right? So they decide to randomly murder someone, and we don't. We're kind of dropped into it after it's happened and the investigation has started, and then we find out later through flashbacks actually what happened and like how they chose the random woman and like how they killed her and stuff like that right 
That's weird. That's just it's part of w- w- everything that's so boring about this movie is like is, why would yeah. that we already know that they did Literally, it. Literally we were I was like we watching just don't know how, I was watching and I was like did I just like did I miss when they murdered someone? <laughs> and then later <laughs> no. and then later we hear them talking about it and then we see afterwards that the the death has happened. Yeah. And so we and we know for a fact that they did it. They talk about doing yeah, it. Yeah. We're but not then in the, the, dark the movie here. is like well wait till they see how they did it and you're like well that's and that's, it's not even that interesting. That's the thing. It's like if the movie wants us to be like all right, are they going to get away with a perfect murder? But it, we don't like, really no. care, and I don't think they will. <laughs> There's so much stuff to not care about. But then they also, movie. and then they're also trying to make us care about Sandra Bullock overcoming her Ooh. like complicated past. I care even less about that. But I really don't care about that. We're supposed to care. We really are supposed to care about Sandra Bullock and Ben Chaplin's relationship in this movie, and that's which just is not believable. Yeah, Impossible. It's, it's not. I mean, happening. Sandra, she looks great in this, though. She <laughs> sure. truly is so gorgeous. Uh, she's in Sandra Bullock mode, though. She's yeah. sad Sandra. And I, Sandra Bullock. I, think, I personally am not a huge Sandra Bullock fan, but when I do like her, it's when she's doing comedy and uh, and when she's being really sad in movies. I'm just sort of <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Um. So she's on the case, and she is investigating these kids, but they have made it. Their whole thing is they are planning on blaming uh, Chris Penn because he's an easy schlub to blame things on, and you know what? I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him for blaming. I don't blame him for blaming. He is a full-on scumbag. So they're like, they like plant hairs in his house of the murder and they, they like. Carpet follicles. Carpet follicles. Carpet threads. Carpet fibers. Carpets aren't human, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) They use like, Ryan Gosling has these expensive boots that they like. They set it up to make it look like his boots were stolen. I don't know. It was like really hard. Did you find my shoes? What? Well, my shoes are six hundred thirty dollars shoes. I like reported it to the school office. Blah blah blah. They set it up that way so that they can frame Chris Penn, but also so that they can talk to the cops. Yeah. So the cops will talk to them first because they want to. They basically want to rub it in the cops' faces. Yeah. They want to rub their intel. I mean, this is all which they totally should not have done. No. This is what they're they would have gotten away with their perfect murder if they just not done this. But that's stuff. part of the fun. That's like in rope when uh, I know. But it just drives me crazy. It's like if you want to get away with the perfect murder, just kill someone you don't know, and then that's it. <laughs> it's easy, guy. We'll do another podcast about how to do the perfect murder, and then we'll do it, and then we'll do it, and then, we'll and then, do then it. you'll Wait, see. Wait, we just told you guys. We're Shit, we're that's, that's, see, that's fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna, not. That's, I'm not going to participate in the murder. Matt's winking see, at all of us set. right now. Now Matt is set. <laughs> He's locked in. We've got it on we record. We got it. <laughs> Uh yes, um it's stupid. I mean the whole this, this is just one of those when we talk about movies like this all the time where you're just like who read this screenplay is like we've got to we've got to here's thirty million dollars we have to have this movie now. Not only that, but like why why would you make this movie and why would you shoot it this way? It's just so boring. <laughs> it's very, it's really very it's boring. It's so padded. There's like it does that thing that all that all thrillers need to stop doing, like should never do, which is like a guy's driving up to the house. We see him driving up the road, then he goes into the driveway, gets out of the car, walks up the stairs into the house, and I'm like, oh. They for some reason needed to make this 120 minutes long. Oof. There, there is one it's great. Two hours. You guys, there is one great surprise in the middle of this movie. Mm. Oh. And that comes in the form of a baboon. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing that is a total non sequitur and has nothing to do with the rest of the film. Before or after, we don't care about it. They yeah. don't really go into it very much. Where is she? Ser- what is she searching when she finds the, the baboon? Shed. She's searching Chris Penn's, Chris Penn's yeah. shed. shed. And there's a baboon in this there. This is part of the frame up. They, find, a, they do find a baboon <laughs> hair. Red ass well, yeah, baboon. Earlier, they're yeah. like, "There's a this this hair's not human." And like, I think Michael Penn and Ryan Gosling. This will throw them off. But we are like, we don't really know. And we're we're not even given a flashback later to how they got. Yeah, this did baboon. they? We don't they find out a 
baboon and put it in there? How'd or was it Chris Penn's baboon? He does seem like the kind of guy who would have a weird Might fucking have a baboon. animal. Yeah, go in but the garage there. Look out for the baboon. Sandra Bullock opens the shed, and then this fucking baboon just jumps at her and it's bites her arm. Her. It really rips into her arm. It's very. It's a surprising scene. It is. It is surprising. And it, it triggers it's some trauma one. for it, her. But it, trigger, right. it triggers some trauma she for her getting a, stabbed. She does have a flashback <laughs> immediately after being bit by a baboon. This movie, we're making the movie once again sound more fun than it is. This Whatever. is the only five, you guys bit, like, watch good this, five go minutes ahead. of the movie. Go Why isn't there more about go the baboon? There, so there should be so much more about this baboon. This movie should be mostly baboon. Murder by murder by baboon. Murder by baboon. Baboon by numbers. Baboon, baboon by numbers. numbers. Oh, I my God. I see a baboon rising. Let's see, there's three B's in baboon, two O's, 23. Oh, oh shit! God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, but yeah, I, like, I think baboons, I, I love, all, of you God, love all the creatures on God's green earth. But except for baboons, they're fucking terrifying. You love all creatures on God's green earth except, except for, for baboons. baboons. Yeah. Do you remember the time I like rats? You heard it. You heard it here first. You I guys. I like bats, rats, all kind. All Do you remember, bats, the, remember rats, the time we watched those raccoons have sex? Yeah, I think, about, I think about it all the time. <laughs> one time, me and Matt Matt lived with my friend Keegan, and uh, we woke up one morning. We went out onto the balcony. We were smoking a cigarette, having some coffee, and uh, these two raccoons just started fucking. And we watched them for like twenty minutes. They were going for twenty <laughs> I, minutes. I left, and they were still fucking. And yeah. Matt like texted me that they were cuddling afterwards. They cuddled oh. afterwards, but then he, they cuddled for a while, and then eventually she got tired she, of like, them and him like, out. kicked him out. Just yeah. like she Sandra was Bullock and Ben yeah. Chaplin. Exactly. Anyways. <laughs> my my dirt bed is too small for you. It was on top of a shed. They were truly making love. <laughs> I, I like the fact that the raccoons were making it last. It was a lot. It I was like surprisingly. Animals, I think I that's why we kept watching because like, like, it was surprising. It was surprisingly tender yeah. as well. Yeah, well, raccoons are very. You know what? They probably amorous. they probably knew they had an audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, just turn you on as much as me. Yeah, <laughs> you guys like to watch up there. Oh my god! But it's in raccoons. They were mad that we didn't give them like some empty ramen ca- uh, bags or something afterwards. <laughs> That's the raccoon That's saying you guys like to go? watch. <laughs> bring, bring. Oh shit, Travis oh, is here ready Travis to kick the raccoons those raccoons ass. asses. This is for fucking in front of decent people. <laughs> this is private business. Love oh, making true. is I sacred. Was, I'm not a decent person. We were never decent people. I always oh, am. Love making. Love making. This is for love making. Oh, that is, that is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to be a person who refers to sex oh, as love making. Love making? Yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. So exciting. <laughs> He's going to kick Woody, your ass and then lecture you on love making. Since Woody <laughs> Allen got canceled, somebody's got to do it. Intercourse? Oh, Inter- no, no, no. Love making. The weirdest one. Sure. <laughs> we were making love. Oh, I, I, no. I, I, you know, I make sure. love to you. You make love to me. We make love together. What are you, a, sure. sh- what are you, a stroke victim? <laughs> like Wittgenstein said. <laughs> like, like in Dostoevsky. <laughs> oh, no. Stop. <laughs> and so forth. Ah. Murder by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene with a baboon. Hey, after making love, she kicks him out of the bed, says it's too small. He's like, how can it be too small? <laughs> ben Chaplin seems like he's 14 years old. <laughs> now, he seems like he's younger than that. He, feel, he seems like an eight-year-old or something like that. I mean, he's, he's like a This looks like he's wearing he's a clip-on like tie. Truly <laughs> bananas. <laughs> he's too genuine. He, 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 needs he, to ta- he needs to take a page from Ryan Gosling's book, I think so. You can right. get absolutely zero read on this character. He has, like, no sense of humor. He's cute. 
I, is he? Uh, well, is he? I mean, I guess that's, <laughs> uh, it is obviously subjective. This is the same thought process that goes through the head of every woman who dates me. Is like, he's cute. Is wait, he? Is wait. he? <laughs> is he? Is he? I like him. Is do he wearing I? a clip-on tie? <laughs> he's, I, do I, I like him. Do, do I? I? Do I? Ooh. <laughs> uh, but but like Sandra Bullock is is has de- dealt with this huge unbelievable trauma and she's pretty funny. I mean she's very sad and she'll have well, sports sex dealing, with you and kick you out of bed. Well she's dealing with it through her humor as a defensive me- as a defense acerbic. mechanism, which is what most females do when they have to deal with their trauma. That's right, absolutely. Well you're going like, to start taking vitamins. But, but Ben Chaplin, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> but she, this, their, their kind of dynamic is like the sort of thing where Ben Chaplin will say something very sincerely to ben, to Sandra Bullock, and then and then she'll say a funny joke and he'll just like <laughs> this isn't funny we're not joking he like he has no charisma at we're all we're talking but about he, a murder <laughs> but, here, but here's a line so so she keeps she is being called she is gets called the hyena that's her nickname around why the office why not the cougar she pees standing well, up that no one. they tell you why i know because uh hy- hyena ladies they actually thought that there were no such thing as female hyenas for a long time that makes because no sense. female hyenas have uh, big long clitorises yeah um that look like penises and so she and so she's she goes. They call me the hyenas Stop because it. female hyenas have like fake penises. That yeah. look, and then you get where they're going with that. And then and then Ben they Chaplin, call me hyena because I have a huge clitoris. <laughs> well, that's why they call her that. And then he goes, "Does that bother that's you?" That's why they call me hyena. But but listen to this. She goes, "Does, does that bother you?" And she goes, "No, I just wear loose fitting slacks. It's not a problem." Like, how that's did a classic I, how joke. Did I it's classic miss joke that structure. Entire Good stuff. That's actually a good joke. My brain made me black out for that one, I guess. <laughs> it's the best part. Of, well, other than the baboon, it's the best part of the movie. Weird. She has like, there's a couple parts where you're like, that's pretty funny, Sandy. That's I mean, I funny. think I think I, you know, I think at the core of Sandy, she is a funny. They should have made this one of the Sandra Bullock Ryan Reynolds movies, where like <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of San Chaplin, it's Ryan Reynolds, and he's just like really funny the whole time, allegedly. I hate to pile in on Ben Chaplin, but yeah, instead of Ben Chaplin, anybody. Anybody. What is Ben Chaplin good in? <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, know. I don't remember any other things that he's in. I'm sure I could think of something, but I'm not going to. Champlin. Uh, is he in the Thin Red Line? I yeah, seen I that. believe he is somewhere I think he's in, in there. The Thin Red Line. I could see him fitting into a Terrence Malick. Yeah, isn't he the one whose wife is? Uh, I believe he is. Cucking him. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, in Cinderella. Shit. He's in Thin Red Line. He's in Snowden. He's Ugh. in Dorian Gray. No one saw that. He's in Dig. Tarzan, Legend of Tarzan. Ben Chaplin, everybody. Twixt. Ooh, the Coppola. <laughs> Yikes. That's not bad. Good movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's in The Truth About First Cats and Dogs. Oh, he is the cats and the he dogs in that movie. He is The Truth About Cats and Dogs. I think he's fine in that. I, honestly, maybe it's just this movie. Um, I don't know if I'm like a big Chaplin fan, but I don't think he, but he's bad in it, and I think he looks bad in I don't it, think too. He, he probably wasn't the first casting choice. Maybe maybe he wasn't happy or something making something this movie. Was going I don't on. know. Something was maybe going he was on in his jealous. personal life. Maybe he was jealous that Ryan Gosling got to hook up with Sandra Bullock and not him. Like he was like Speaking maybe, of jealousy, maybe there's, there's, there's a whole subplot in this too, where like Michael Pitt is having a thing with his, he's got a crush on this girl, Agnes Bruckner. Agnes Bruckner from the Glass House. From the Glass House, and uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ryan Gosling cucks him, mm. and then tells him about it. Yeah, he like gives him a tape of them having sex. Effortlessly cucks him because he's so he's so good looking and charming that yeah. he can. He can sleep with it, and this is after he just he tells he tells him that she spreads like peanut butter. Yes, 
<laughs> she spread that chick spreads like peanut How did butter. I just like not my brain Is like that the chunky my kind? my ears like my ears would not let me hear these lines. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my freaking ears. My freaking ears. Um that 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 it's very that hard to sympathize. Disgusting. It's very hard to sympathize with Agnes Bruckner because she does seem to have a thing for fascists. <laughs> like, why are you so into these both of these fascists? Yeah. Well, he has this line later on when he after he like shows Michael Pitt the tape of of, of him fucking her, he's like You'd be amazed what a chick will, with, without a daddy will do to get some male attention. Oh, male attention, sake. and it's like, yeah, man. Well, he's evil. He's evil. <laughs> sure, I mean, he's evil, but also like yucky. There's also a part in this. <laughs> there's also a part towards the end where, um, like they've basically been outed, but they're not. In, but the like the rich lawyer got them off, yeah. and so they're yeah, kind of yeah. like going up against each other. But Michael Pitt goes over to Agnes Bruckner's house, <laughs> and. And he's like, "Well, I love you. Like, let's uh, let's hook up again. Let's run away together. Uh, uh, you're the the one I truly love, and I forgive you, or whatever." And then she, and then he goes, "I killed somebody." <laughs> and she's yeah. like, "Really? No, you didn't." And she's like, "Yeah, I really killed someone." And she's like, "Ooh, well, let's sit down and hash this out and talk about it instead." <laughs> Anakin, you're going down a path <laughs> I can't exactly. follow. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say she reminds me of Padme. <laughs> she's like Padme. Oh, no. Why did you? Why didn't you just leave when he told you he <laughs> when killed he murdered women and younglings? Children? Yeah, exactly. What is happening? Oh, and it just boy. immediately like like t- robs that character of any like you yeah. know I, like oh I don't give a shit about this character anymore. And then there's also the intimation that they had that Ryan Gosling and Matthew Pitt had some kind of homosexual relationship. Yes, um, because later it becomes clear that they're experiencing some heavy jealousy for each other. Yeah, I liked the part after they've been like basically caught, and like. Uh, they're not. They're under house arrest now, and Ryan Gosling is just like, "I'm leaving," and he storms out of his mansion, and his mom is just <laughs> in the living room going like, "Hey, you're not supposed to leave. It's a condition of your put." And he's out the door. Yeah. And then she's like, "Are you coming be- home for dinner?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. They're these rich kids with distant parents, and they're described as just basically have like their parents are their credit cards. I think somebody says something like that. Yeah, yeah. Their only supervision is their own is their credit cards or something like that. These poor, poor rich kids who are looking for, looking for something to do. Yep. It's it's very sad in its way. Not enough parental. Too well, much too much TV. Not enough parents. Too many video games. Too many video. <laughs> it's these goddamn video games. I'm telling you. But they don't they don't really try to analyze it all that much. The movie's not really interested in anything yeah. really. So it all culmin. I don't even know. Like what else? Uh, one of the one of the fun things about it is the um, this house at the end of the cliff. That's oh yeah. The, the first shot of the movie is the is a because there's a similar shot in the number twenty three where you get like an early digital processed shot, oh, early yeah. CGI shot. Zooming up to that house. Yeah, or? yeah. You start from like way above, and then it, and then it like goes all the way down to the house, and then it zooms in through the window. Mm, Whoa! But yeah. the house really, really looks like it's <laughs> rendered by computers. Yeah. It kind of t- takes away a little of the power of the shot. Whose house is this? It's just an abandoned house it's on the side of the cliff. It's just an abandoned house that they decided they're to the make only like ones. their headquarters. Or this whatever. this their incredible beachfront real estate. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Completely abandoned, astonishing location, and only the two kids have discovered this huge house. and They light candles and read they man- drink tr- fascist. Yeah. They drink absinthe and, and, and say fascist things to so, each other. So they think, they make it so that it is clear that Chris Penn's the one that does the murder and Sandy's still not buying it. She still thinks that Ryan Gosling and Michael Pitt have something to do with it and Ben Chaplin's like, no, I, I got him. I bagged him and like, what, are you mad that I, like, I solved the case? And she's like, well, it just all like seems a little too perfect, you know. Like yeah, the perfect murder seems a little perfect, and then um, to kind of tie up loose ends and and kind of end it, Ryan Gosling 
goes in and shoots Chris Penn and makes it looks like look like he he killed suicided himself. himself. Yeah. So weird detail since for the for most of the movie they are selling Ryan Gosling as being uh, the I guess the more psychotic one of the two. Like it really there's you're supposed to care about which one of these two. Well, is it's more like psychotic. Michael Pitt is the brains. Yes, and they want it, they want it like Ryan Gosling is the one that uh, would actually do something about it right. or whatever. The narrative that's what that they the, make us look like. The narrative right. that Sandy Bullock is trying to go for is that that Michael Pitt is just a sensitive, smart kid who got swept up in this guy's charisma and did things that he didn't want to do, and that Ryan Gosling... Did any of you buy that for any mo- amount of time? I didn't Absolutely buy any not. of that shit. And then a lot of the twist... The, the, it's, there really is a twist at the end of this, and a lot of that depends on you buying that, and why would you? Yeah. Like, the difference between... Like, even with all the information that Sandy Bullock has at the end... We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. Uh, it, like it's there's just degrading the de- the gradation between the two doesn't really matter all yeah. that much they're both involved in the kidnapping and murder of an innocent. I mean, come right. on, it's who like cares? does it matter who actually pulls the trigger, or who <laughs> who stabs? I mean, or it whatever, matters very know? little. It matters in the eyes of who gets prosecuted and law. sentenced to what. But yeah. yeah, right. But if they're both trying to do this perfect murder together, then they yeah. were in it together from the start. Yes. <sighs> well, but like Sandra also seems to like like up up until the end like Michael Pitt I can save him and he can have a because he's the he's the good one and it, like it doesn't seem like it. Well, yeah, <laughs> she was like, oh, he's the victim of being manipulated. I think maybe she was like, oh, it's like me being manipulated by fucking yeah. Carl, even though it's not at all like that, and no. she really needs to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, Sandra Bullock would rather solve a murder by numbers <laughs> case instead of go to therapy. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's one of the many many uh, weird mistaken gambits that the movie has is mm-hmm. to like make you try to sympathize. But anyways, when Ryan Gosling goes in to kill uh, Chris Penn, he's he's got like the full like Dexter medical. Yeah, he's got like a yeah. hazmat, the yeah, accoutrement, and he pulls oh, the and he, and he holds the gun up to Chris Penn's head. He's like, "Wake up, Chris Penn!" And Chris Penn's like, "Hey, what the fuck going on? Why do you have to like? Why do you have to oh, wake him up? Why hey, what are you doing? Him? Why you gotta shoot me?" But when he's shooting him, he's like. Choking up. Very strange. Well, it's because Very He's like, I think oh, we were. This is hard for me to do. I think we were. We saw them earlier. Like it was his drug dealer, and kind of his, the only adult in his life that yeah. is actually there, even though it's shitty Chris Penn. Right. But it was like the only like male adult figure in Ryan Gosling's life. So yeah. you yeah. know what? You know he could find. He could find comfort and family shit wherever, I guess. And, and maybe that's supposed to be also the clue that he's the less cold-blooded one, which, right. by the spoiler alert, is the twist of, the, yeah. of this stupid movie. That one of The twist is that one of them is the one that we thought was slightly less cold-blooded than the other was the one who was, was slightly, yeah. more slightly more cold-blooded. Yeah. <laughs> that's the twist of the movie. Uh, well then, it, well then, there's and also this the like, two hours long. then there's the big because the, she has the big fight with Ryan Gosling at the end of the movie on the uh, on the yeah he the tries to charm cliff. her. This is on the, this is on the house at the end of the cliff. Yeah, he tries to charm her, and then he tries to rape her or something. Yeah, yeah, that's when they're in the car. When they're yeah. in the car, he get he he pulls the Cape Fear thing and takes her keys out. Yes. of her ignition is and that's like, so scary. It is pretty. Yeah, that's like one of the one of the reasons that this movie is so boring is that they're like we call it, these movies are called thrillers. That there's just no thrilling scene up until the very end. But like this is one of the few scenes that qualifies as where you're like, oh, that was actually a thing that you might a- you might actually mm-hmm. get freaked out by hypothetically. Right. Um, but it's one of the few most 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 of the times you're just matter of fact matter of factly getting information. Yeah. 
and <laughs> nothing. There's no particularly there's no scary. real misdirection. No. It's not very stylishly photographed. The acting is mostly okay, but nothing spectacular. And then and then it ends kind of exactly how you think it will. The cinematography it's shot like an episode of like The OC. Like it's mm, shot it's yeah. shot like a, a a TV show that's on around this time on the CW. No, you know? It kind of looks like one too. I mean, it's yeah. set in a town that's not unlike The OC. Well, it's like a coastal rich kid town. Yeah. Do they never identify what actual town it is? Because I I usually keep an eye. Is out it for on these the Cape somewhere? I forget. I think that the you see the name of the town on the police station. It's like San Medina or some shit like that. Uh, not not a famous town or but possibly I mean, even a fictional I town. I don't. It might not be real. Probably I don't fictional. know. I don't, I don't know it, or it care. It doesn't worry itself with it. And frankly, neither should we. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what we should be concerned about is which one of these guys, which one of these teens is slightly more evil than the other one. Sandra believes it is Michael Pitt. So he's, she believes Michael happens? Pitt is less, is slightly well, she less like, evil. They yeah. call like Ryan Gosling's done, and then she goes to Michael Pitt and like pretends that she's gonna help him. Like, well, wait, you know. we do we talk about Ryan Gosling being thrown off of the? Well, we just we talked about that they fight, but yeah, they fight. He like licks her face, which was really creepy. He does lick her face. That yeah. part was really scary. And then um, it seemed to a, like a weird time to do that. We get, <laughs> but he's crazy. But he's was crazy. he? Pretty it's crazy. like decide. Um, and but then yes, we yes, have he uh, we have one of you know our favorite kinds of deaths, which is someone falling off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a fun bad special effect too. Yeah, because he like hit, they, I always like it when they hit a thing when they're right. Yeah, yeah, and the ca- and the camera's up is up above facing downward, and then it's like an FX shot. But he does he is like going ah, <laughs> and then he hits like another thing jutting <laughs> out of the cliff, and his body goes spinning. You're like that's fun. I always enjoy that. <laughs> so then she turns back and she's like, okay, like Michael Pitt, I I can help you. You she's hanging off. D- she's hanging off the porch. At the oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he helps her get back up. So then we're like, oh, like he's not gonna throw her off. Blah blah. blah. This is we're also a, this is also a good instance of the just like poorly shot like thriller sequence where it just goes on too long. Mm-hmm. Like she's hanging from this thing for such a long time. Like it it starts starts to seem less urgent when she she can just hang from this thing and yeah, have and a long watch, conversation with him. And then we just like watch for a long time as she like scoots her way up and like she helps him then and it's just like <laughs> it's kind of okay. Funny. It's kind of funny when he cuz he has to like he he like lee she he's up above and she's hanging from the thing. She's like you you have good in you, Michael Pitt. You're not as evil as he was. So you can save me and he's like not saying anything and then he walks away and she's like oh no he's leaving me no and then he comes back and he's got like a like a uh, uh, like a stick a rod of some kind yeah. and she's like oh no don't do it he's like gonna hit her he th- she thinks she's gonna hit her and then this just goes on and on and then he eventually like reaches it down and he's like you can grab onto this and she's like, "Oh, you are good." Yeah, it's an in excruciatingly the end. It just long goes scene. On and on. It truly is. But then when she does grab the thing and pull her, pull herself up, you, just the way that it's executed, you 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 kind of go like, "I don't see why you couldn't have just pulled yourself up on your own." It didn't seem like it was that. It doesn't seem like you were in that much of a trouble. They just don't. They you know. It's too, there's no urgency. There's at no all. urgency to any part of it. Um. So then they're it's like both that up. Scene, that scene in uh, uh, Postcards from the Edge, where Meryl Streep is dangling from that cliff, and then she just goes like this. <laughs> she goes, ah. I've never seen that. Oh, well, it's classic. Classic okay. classic great, special effect. A great movie, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's time, for the, it's time for the twist. Time for the twist. Uh, someone else explain this twist, because it's, I mean, it's, it's just that Michael Pitt was the one in the end who actually, yeah. oh, she's like, they have the tape, so don't worry. And he's like, what tape? 
and she's like, oh, there was a tape set up in Ryan Gosling's room that shows that he, you know, that he killed the girl. So you're f- like, you're f- you don't even have to worry about like arguing that you didn't. And he's like, uh, I think I should, I think I should talk to a lawyer because, and it becomes clear that he was the one who actually, yes, did it. And she uses classic detective uh, detecting to figure this out because like af- like b- before Ryan Gosling throws her off of the or tries to throw her off of the cliff, he's choking her. And then, uh, and oh, so, the rain, like the after rain. all this is has passed over, and all, all the other cops have arrived, she's looking at herself in the mirror, and she sees that this ring, a mark on her neck where Ryan Gosling was choking her, and she goes, "Wait a minute, there was no there ring was no mark ring mark on the corpse that got choked that was ch- choked to death, so therefore Michael Pitt must have been the one that killed him, so he's the one that's slightly less evil." I don't think I would have even gone there, which I guess is why I'm not a detective. But I mean, people can take their rings off. Yeah, I'm like, do you that's wear your every single day? That is why. That's the only reason I'm not. Well, I wish you were a detective. Damn. <laughs> Be a detective. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my so New Year's close. resolution: is to like finally <laughs> overcome what is stopping me from being a detective. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. And taking vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, step one: take vitamins. Step two: be detective. Be detective. <laughs> step three: profits. Three. Profits. And that's when I can start my savings account. Yeah. But yeah, then and then and then Sandra Bullock does some sort of like real, real half-assed. Like this movie's very half-assed. She's She's like, oh, we actually have video of you killing him. He's like, oh well, I guess I'm guilty, guilty. Burp, burp, the end. But like the like again, like we've been pointing out the idea that the, the, the difference between this is supposed to be like some sort of monumental, like oh my god, Michael Pitt was right actually. It evil, really was like, but okay, they were both sure. evil. Right. Doesn't matter to me. Well, I never thought that he wasn't evil. Yeah. They're a package deal. Yeah. He's a fascist. He's a go- he's a guy who loves fascism and talks about fascism and at the very least, even if he even if he didn't do the actual choking, went on was on board with multiple murders. I mean Yeah, it it's very matter. strange. Like who cares? Yeah. But it ends with uh like a uh, emotional beat where uh, Sandra Bullock, through the process of these events, learns to come to, to terms or t- to face up to the trauma that she had. And she like testifies, right? Yeah, at the yeah. very end. They're at the like, very end, she's it's waiting in the to court testify. Room, it's in the courthouse, and you hear them going like, recalling whatever your name is, Sandra Bullock. Uh, we're looking for Sandra Bullock, whatever your name is. Sandra Bullock, whatever your name is, please come to the please come to the courtroom. And then she finds she's around the corner waiting, and she gets up and she's like, "That's me." And she walks into the she courtroom. She faces her like, demons oh. and keeps and him you know behind bars. I gotta say, I don't think they did a very good job of like connecting her trauma with the story we've been watching. They tried. They they tried. They try really hard. They tried really hard by inserting all these weird flashbacks and then the ba- the, baboon the baboon trigger trauma trigger the baboon trauma trigger. Yeah, they famous did, they psychological do f- test. The baboon yeah. trauma trigger. Yeah. she does find the corpse in a bag, Laura Palmer style, just like she, she was, was found earlier. Plastic. That's that's pretty spooky. Like that is at least one effective thing, where you f- you find out um, that she was just found in a bag. Yeah, and she yeah. was, but she was still alive. Like you see, like this woman going, like I've got her, and she's like holding her hand, and then she goes, like twitches back to life again. It was pretty gnarly. Seventeen times being stabbed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oof. That's, she, that is she, that is sixteen too many times for me. That's seventeen too many times for me. And when she's ah, when she's you want it just once, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine if you do it right. Uh, but she has another joke about when she's telling Ben Chaplin about this, where she goes, like ruin my ruin my favorite dress, I'm like. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, this lady's covering her trauma with humor. Trauma. Trauma. Um, this is uh, this is Michael Pitt and uh, Ryan Gosling pretending to not uh, know be friends with each other in class while Michael Pitt is 
You probably, if you're a guy like this, you probably shouldn't make public speeches about how you're fascist and you believe crime is freedom. Um, <laughs> but Ryan Gosling like raises his hand after Michael Pitts made his little fascist uh, book report. He's like, what's a dork like you know about power? And then he goes, what does an ignoramus like you know about philosophy? Uh, Good point. And then the teacher, when Michael Pitts is going back to his seat again, the teacher goes, thank you. Very daring. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. At one point, Ryan Gosling uh, is questioning... Um, Michael, this is earlier on. Michael uh, Ryan Gosling is questioning Michael Pitt's willingness to like go all the way with something like this, and he goes, "You're a jerk off, so jerk off." Good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, this is Sandra. <laughs> this is Sandra Bullock. Oh man, she slams. Th- th- this is a very minor part of the movie, but there's like another detective on the case who is, I think, higher ranking than her, her that ex. doesn't like her. Yeah, 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 it's like her like ex, and she's like, she just, she always just gets a new partner and has sex with him and uses him up and then dispatches him because she's emotionally distant. Just like, just like me. Just like Matt Lynch. Yeah. Just like Classic Matt. Lynch behavior. But like, he sh- when he shows up, they don't like each other, and he's like a district attorney now, I think, and she goes, so I heard you finally passed the bar. What, did they change it to true or false? Oh, oh boy, that was good. Got him. Oh. Got him. Got him. Oh. Go for her. Go for her. One of the the bosses who's chewing her, who's uh, one of her. Artie Call. Uh, Artie Call, that's right. Uh, it's uh, literally R.D. R.D. Call, Call not yeah. Artie. Uh, but he, he he's chewing her ass out because of her renegade ways. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I've got, he's like, they're gonna, the, the mayor's going to have my ass or whatever. He's, I've grown much too fond of my own ass to do anything that stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, I like that. That's I love that. Line. Yeah. And I then, love ass jokes. And this is Sandra Bullock trying to seduce Ben Chaplin. <laughs> Already called. They had me by the nuts. <laughs> I said, "I said, why don't you go buy your own nuts?" But they had me by the balls. Um, this is Sandra Bullock trying to hit on Ben Chaplin, and Ben Chaplin is utterly humorless yes. and uh, unfun. But uh, he, he's, she's just like, "Let's fuck again or whatever," and he's like, "You don't." You just want me for my body or whatever. And she goes, uh, no, it's not about sex. I really respect you as a person. <laughs> yeah, and then she cracks she up. starts cracking up. Ah, I like it. I wish a woman would say that to me. <laughs> I really like you as a person. Yeah, yeah that right. would be good. You're fucking right. <laughs> oh, and then you actually get the, this is what Ben Chaplin says to oh, this murder S- by numbers? Sandra Bullock. It's not the titular line, unfortunately, but he goes, you're so good at breaking other people down, but you never stop to look at yourself. Oh. Just like Hannibal Lecter. That is what we call in the business an occupational irony narrative. Maybe you wouldn't like what you see. Uh, but that's good enough. Let's. Uh, yeah, that is good enough. I'm done. <laughs> Are I'm we done? Murdered by dunders. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> that, that was uh, that was spectacular. Thank you. That thank was you, really thank good. You, thank you. Murdered by dunders. That's murdered by dunders. beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Um, Dunderheaded movie. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Uh, ratings. No sarcasm. Uh, ratings. I'm gonna give this two Juds, which is charitable. That's f- yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, it's so. excruciatingly boring. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it like a Douglas for the the Sandra Bullock hyena stuff. The sex tape. The sex tape. Yeah, and like you know the implied homosexual relationship, but there's nothing really skeevy about it. No, 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 no. It's no. there. They they don't want to yeah. show anything. And I'm gonna give it you know one 
non sequitur red ass baboon. <laughs> uh, the bab man, there's when this there's briefly this you're like this this could be a baboon movie and then uh-huh. it, and then the baboon is gone, never to be heard of, never to be seen or heard of the, again. The last scene they just like put him like, back in the shed. They yeah. shut the door. Yeah, they barely addressed the <laughs> baboon. They should they should have had a big showdown at the cliffside house and killed both boys. And then the last scene, the switcheroo scene in the interrogation room is with, is with the baboon. No, the baboon saves Sandra Bullock at the end. Well, comes okay. back and pulls that, her up with his ba- with his freakish baboon strength. Yeah, like, and his big giant red ass. Picks her up. That's so scary. <laughs> he puts her on his red ass and carries her up. I would have just let go. It's just like Avatar. <laughs> Grab onto my horrible baboon hand. Oh, I'd rather just let go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Baboons are awful. Um, the raccoons of the or the uh, primate world. They're not nearly as sensual. <laughs> <laughs> raccoons make love. That's true. <laughs> sure. Sure, we're going to make love oh, on a pile of leaves. I, I on the roof of this shed. I swear I'm eating garbage all day. I just want to make love to you. You're my girlfriend. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> Please stop that. You're my girlfriend. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, the Woody Allen sex raccoon Let's joke. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Emily wants to stop. I hate it. Uh, I'm going to give it one and a half, Judds. It's just uh, it's just an incredibly boring movie. Almost to the point where it be- <laughs> it's almost interesting it's so boring. Where they just keep making these extra boring decisions, and you're like, "What? Come on, just be a movie. Why? Why can't you?" Um, but it does have that baboon, and Sandra Bullock has a couple funny lines. Ryan Gosling is hypothetically like charming, or like uh, amusingly like sinister, seductive, whatever. I don't know, but it sucks. I'll give it one, du- one and a half Douglases for the sex tape, and for her her general Padme like. Uh, interest in fascist dudes. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to give it... Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Uh, <laughs> 10, out <of> 10, car- <laughs> 10 out of 10 carpet follicles. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'll, okay. Um, I'm going to give it to... Uh, whatever... Judds. I was like, where am I? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, two Judds. It it was really, really boring, but you know what? I mean, I watched all of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it should be one and a half for me personally. But I also don't even feel like it should be two. Maybe it's yeah. like one point seven five, but we're not doing that. Um, so I'm gonna give it point five. Yeah, but even I don't want to do that. Oh. I like don't even want to rate this one because it's Oof. just like such a nothing to me. Oof. Jesus one point seven five, I guess, and then two or two what? Point five Douglases just for I guess the sex tape and the the whole hyena thing that I somehow missed. Um, and then I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it Ryan, one Ryan Gosling shimmying to Iron Maiden in, mm. in the Oh car. yeah, yeah, yeah. She spreads like peanut butter. She spreads like yuck. peanut butter. Yucky. That chick spreads like peanut butter. Yucky. Mm-mm. Ryan Gosling. Pretty yucky. Pretty yucky. Uh, so Speaking I'm, of pretty yucky, <laughs> yeah. they should call this movie Yucky Number Slaver. Oh. Nice. Oh. But yeah, it sucks. Kansas City Chef. Knows a lot of people. People connected only by the slightest of events. Then why don't you just go ahead and give me your wallet? Am I being mugged? <laughs> that is how these affairs begin. 
cats in town. Good cat? Who's good cat? He shows people die. He vanishes. What are you looking for? This is our guy, Nick Fisher. Who is he? Just a loser. The guy we work for. I'm not the guy you're looking for. I don't live here. Yeah, well, you look like the guy that lives here. Then you don't know what the guy that lives here looks like. What he means to say is you look like you live here. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Sorry. What happened to your nose? It's a very long story. I think it's time you told me that story. Well, there's this guy that called the boss. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm the boss. They picked up the wrong guy. Wrong guy for what? Whatever it is you want to see me about. Do you know what I want to see you about? No. Then how do you know I have the wrong guy? This is a bad movie. <laughs> Sucky number Slevin. Sucky number Slevin. <laughs> These movies are so bad in such different I've ways. This one, I was. This is from 2006, and yet feels like it came out in 1994. It is a Tarantino knockoff. You know, just by, quintessential. By wildly. Paul McGuigan. McGuigan. Paul McGuigan. Yeah. And, and who wrote it? I, th- I feel like whoever Some wrote it needs, needs to have more. You know what? I wrote this down. It was written by uh, Fernley Phillips. Who, uh, if you if you Google him, they say he's a film writer. He's only ever written this script. He's not an author. He has done nothing at all anywhere else on the internet except writing this movie. That I wonder tracks. if it's a pseudonym. It could oh. be. Pseudonym. That might make sense, actually. Yeah. Pseudonym for Paul Schrader. Uh, but the guy who directed <laughs> this is mostly a TV guy. He's done a couple of movies. He did Wickapock. Wickapock. He did Wickapock. He's done like three Josh Hartnett movies. He loves Josh Hartnett. Uh, Wickapock. Wickapock. I, I think w- that Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Wickapock. <laughs> uh, he also oh. did. He did Sherlock. There's a lot. That's the show. Sherlock. Oh, Sherlock. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. A lot that's wrong with this movie, and all, I think I put, I put it like almost all on the script. Quintessential Tarantino knockoff bullshit. I'm like, I'm like tired when, already. When you, when you would get these it. Tarantino knockoffs ten years afterward, after know, Pulp Fiction, man. like that is fucking Wait, crazy. You guys, I messed up. It wasn't that it was not written by Fernley Phillips. That that's the guy who wrote the number twenty three. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which could be a pseudonym. That's a whole thing. How many Let's letters? Sw- what is, <laughs> what is Fernley switch. Phillips add up to? Let's switch and. Uh, Jesus, it's because I, my notes are all over the place. Never mind, just forget I'm here. Let's move on. <laughs> Jason Smilovic, Smilovic. How many? Smilmedic? Is that a, uh, does that Jason up to twenty three? Smell my dick. You guys laugh at Jason that. That's funny. Oh, I, I didn't just see. You said it a second time, Jason and then I heard it. Smell my dick. Smell my dick. <laughs> all right. So this guy wrote Lucky Number Seven. Create. <laughs> Give me something good to eat. Hurry, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Please clap. He created the television series Karen Cisco. Ki- kidnapped my own worst enemy and Condor. All right. He also wrote the film Lucky Number Slevin. He graduated from the University of Maryland with a degree in political theory and philosophy. God, that sounds obnoxious. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) having a degree in both philosophy and political theory and being a dude who (laughs) also wrote the the Lucky Number Slevin? Imagine this gentleman trying to pick you up at a bar. Milady all the way. Milady, what would you say if I told you I drove a PT Cruiser? (laughs) Oh my God, stop. (laughs) Get fucking McGuigan out of here. No, that's that's smell my dick. Smell my dick. Oh, Jason, God. smell my dick. Okay, <laughs> creator of Karen Cisco. Come um, on. Uh, in any case, give him his flowers. In any case, please clap. Please clap. Please clap for Jason. Smell my dick. Uh, <laughs> Poor guy. This movie starts. <laughs> He's fine. With a, with Cisco. a guy, and uh, who's the guy? Okay, uh, so this is this movie's doing the. It's doing all of the Tarantino stuff. You got yeah. the pop culture stuff, but more more obnoxiously. Well, I don't know. The jumbled chronology. Jumbled chronology. 
a million where like, the pieces the, are all supposed to like fit at the end. A very like, stacked oh, cast shit. here. Very stacked. Why? Somehow. Why? But it feels Why very. So it feels very like mid 2010s Europa Corp or like straight to video. Where like th- these are the guys now that are like paying off their tax bills by showing up in 18 direct to video spy movies a week and doing one scene. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you got like Kingsley, you got Willis, Tucci, Kingsley, Tucci, Morgan Freeman, Tucci, Tucci Frucci. It, it is kind of a murderer's row of, of like yeah. very uh, high-profile actors who will do it. Who's the guy in the in the first scene with Willis? Oh, I, I didn't recognize. He him. looks familiar to me. I mean, I did recognize. I don't know who. But he is. he's this dude, and he's sitting in like what I guess is like a train station or an airport or something. It was like a weird airport lobby that I didn't understand. Like, because yeah. there were like doors that were like gates, whatever to whatever. It was an airport that doesn't exist in real life. Right. And he's and, it, and he's he's hanging out with this guy in a wheelchair, Bruce Willis. And Bruce and they're not they don't know each other. And Bruce Willis just starts like talking to this guy and he's like, let me tell you a story about the what Kansas City Shuffle. This time. is this is how it's this oh, is how I remember. It starts, I just didn't want to get into it. This is how, how you well, know. Travis it's just pulled g- out the full screenplay for Lucky Number Seven. <laughs> it's written on there's one, so one many, piece of legal paper. There's so many misbegotten <laughs> lines in this movie. Um, but this is the way that we're we're talking. And, yeah. and it's established right out of the gate. And Bruce Willis looks over him. He doesn't know him. Just looks over him and goes, There was a time. And he's like, huh? <laughs> And, he huh? goes, and then he points at a at a black lady, an old black lady sleeping on uh, the bench, and he goes, "Take brown sugar back there, for example." Oh boy, uh. she's pretty fucking foxy. And the guy goes, "She's seventy. And he goes, "If she's a day, but there was a time." And you're like, "Kill me right now!" <laughs> yeah, seriously. God damn it. Oh boy. God damn it. First of all, the movie is called Lucky Number Slevin. <laughs> Which should be your first warning. No, 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 no. This is your second warning. This is this is your like the flight. The fucking boat is taking on water. Get to the lifeboats. <laughs> this is I I I, I was women and children first. I was Lucky t- number. The the title itself was the iceberg straight ahead uh-huh. <laughs> of it all. Yeah, seriously, that title comes up, and then you should cut to Ian Griffith going like iceberg one ahead. <laughs> You're like, oh god, we should probably get off the boat. I was telling Emily when we were driving over here that I did watch this in the splice room one time and like wasn't excited about it and was like, let's give this a try. And I put it on. And I think I made it like 15 minutes. Was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck this. Fuck no. <laughs> so when this when this uh, when this episode title was um, propo- when it was proposed, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I think watching the other two movies sort right. of made this. I don't know if it's better, but it's well. I hated this one the least, but I hated it a lot. <laughs> I think I hated it the least. You guys, I thought this one was probably the worst. <laughs> well, I, mean, uh, I don't we're know. talking about varying degrees of shit. Oh, uh, I don't know either. Uh, but they okay, yeah. He talks about the Kansas City Shuffle involves a lot of people. People connected only by the slightest of events, like whispers in the <laughs> Sorry, night. Pal. That <laughs> in that place, no one ever forgets. <laughs> When these pa- like people are just talking like this all the time. Imagine if someone at like, the airport was talking. It should like do. This. It should do the airplane joke where like now it cuts back to the other guy and he's like pour gasoline on himself. He's gonna light a match or like he's got a gun to his head. He's hanging himself or something. <laughs> so he starts telling this story. So like already we're like not even in the main plot, right. and then he's and then we're in a flashback in a story that Bruce Willis is telling this guy. We don't know who right. any of these people are. And the sto- and the flashback story is oh. this guy, some dude, I forget his name. He we're is not gonna be able to get Max. Into his details, Max, right? okay, Max, okay. and he has a little boy named Max's Henry. little boy named Henry. And uh, hey, Henry, I don't know why Henry. <laughs> All right, Henry. Schmax uh, <laughs> and Hendry. Schmax and Hendry. Uh, and and uh, Max is a gambler, and he gets a he. Get, there's this whole long protracted bullshit about like 
the the gangster rumor mill trickles down to Max, and he finds out about a sure a sure thing about a doped up horse at the track, and he's gonna like bet on this horse, and and make his make a bunch of money and and bring his family get a get a nice house for his his wife and his kid. He takes his kid to the he horse track. He's a degenerate balloon head gambler. He's a degenerate balloon head gambler. Well, first he goes to Di- Danny Aiello, the loan shark, Aiello, and, and says, "I need I'm gonna put twenty grand on the doped up horse." Aiello there for an afternoon for yeah for just a <laughs> second. And the, and Danielle is like, you you better have this money because you don't want to fuck with these guys. If you don't have the money, they're gonna kill you. And he's like, I got the money. I got the money. God, just don't do it. I know. Just, just don't, don't do it. Do it. Don't guys, do it. Just don't. Degenerate balloon head gamblers. But then don't he goes. So that. they go to the track, and uh, I love this part of the movie. This is probably the only thing in the movie that I thought was legit hilarious. They um, they he goes to the track, puts the twenty grand that he borrowed from the mob Wait, he on leaves the horse. The kid in leaves the, the, car, the kid in the car, and he gives him his watch. Right. And then uh. <laughs> goes to to the horse race. The horse <sighs> race is happening. The horse is totally gonna win, and then the horse falls in, on the track. And and hate. I hate seeing horses fall in it's movies. Very sad. You only know, yeah. shoot them afterwards. Well, they used to. Well, IRL. Oh, if a horse if a horse breaks if a horse leg, breaks his leg, yeah. Okay. They I'm have ways of making horses fall now. I'm that sure is they have. Slightly, no, no. I didn't mean less. that they shoot the movie horse. No, no, no. Okay. They, they did used to. I mean, they, they, they used shoot to do, they horses, used to, don't they? Like, like in an old movie, like a 30s, 40s movie, if you, you like see a horse is running and then, then the force falls down, they just put a tripwire up and yeah, trip yeah. That's like, It's so fucked up, though. It fucked like, that horse right up. It's, I think it's because they're so big yeah. and there's no... I mean, I feel like with dogs, you can teach them how to be actors or whatever. With horses, they don't fucking know what's going on <laughs> and they're gentle and they're not horses trying to hurt smart. anyone and then they fall and they're like a thousand pounds. And we're just, and just tripping like them. A, and we're just on them. I don't know. It always has really bothered me. This yeah. is terrifying. Anyways, I don't like it. Go on. Anyways, the horse falls. The the, the whole plan is shot to hell. Nobody's going to get their, their doped up horse money. <laughs> what the, my favorite thing about this is immediately Max goes, he's, you know, he's freaking out, goes out to the car to go home. They've kidnapped the kid and, and kidnap him right away. They're like, oh, you shouldn't have bet that money on that horse. Mm-hmm. It's like the mob doesn't come after you like the second the you lose the bet. The mob wasn't waiting in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, well, this exactly. is a super. This is a super mob. They'd at least they'd at least go like, hey, do you have our money? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah wait, like, they didn't even wait. What if he had it in no, the pocket? Like, what if he had it? Like, <laughs> they you don't know. Check, they just check to be think sure. about that. That's funny. They, they go li- kill his family They literally first. have kidnapped his family already. Yeah, it's true. Well, they kidnap his kid, and then we see that somebody has gone to his house and murdered his they wife. Move, they move fast. All right, so by, like, wow. by the law of movies, we see the wife. We do see the wife getting blown away with a shotgun. You're yes. like, oh, oh. And then we see the kid, like a, a someone putting, you don't see the face of the person. You see someone right. putting a gun up to the head of the kid, and then we cut away, and we don't see anything. You're like, the kid's still alive. Kid's still alive. Still alive. He probably also is, the guy who's, who didn't shoot is probably just, also involved. I'm going to spoil this right off the top of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you guess. Because then just the next person you see is basically Josh Hartnett, and you're like, well, it's, that's the kid. kid they look Josh exactly Hartnett. alike. The kid is Josh Hartnett. He's getting revenge. You guys, <laughs> I didn't plan. know. You didn't catch this. I didn't know. The little boy was just like, oh, is that supposed to be Josh Hartnett as a little it's boy? It's Hartnett. And then, and, and then, as it, as it goes along, we like Josh Hartnett is, is so like selective about it. We, we don't find out anything about him. And you're like, yeah, yeah of course, because he's the because he's the kid, and he's getting this is all a revenge thing. Well, the twist worked on Emily. Good all job, right. good job, <laughs> good job. <laughs> twists upon twists upon twists. But now, okay, fre- present day. Uh, yeah, and also at the end of the Bruce Willis scene, he breaks the guy's neck. Yeah, it's right. He kills he the guy. He goes to Kansas City Shuffle. You look over there, and then you look back at me, and I'm not there, and he snaps he his He kills neck. the guy. He's like, Kansas City Shuffle needs a dead body. And then we begin yeah. the, the plot proper. Present day, uh, Josh Hartnett is in, the, in an apartment that I guess turns out to not be his apartment. 
Yeah. His name is <laughs> Slevin Kalevra. Kalevra? Kalevra? It's Kalevra? Slevin Kalevra. Is that supposed to sound like Kalever? No, it's Kalevra. It means bad dog in right, We do find out. We find that out. Or something. Because he's, uh, yeah, we'll, this is all part of his plan. We'll get there. His plan is crazy. It's, it's again one of those movies that like it's as if they concocted the plan to make it the most satisfying as a plot unfolded as opposed to it being a plausible thing anybody would oh, do. Uh, <laughs> which is exactly what happens. So basically there's this whole plot about how they uh, the mob thinks that that Josh Hartnett is the guy who lives in the apartment because the guy who lives in the apartment owes him a bunch of money. Yeah, Nick Rivers. Nick Rivers. Uh, which is coincidentally, I believe, the name of Val, Val Kilmer's, Kilmer's character, character in Top <laughs> Secret. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Rivers. Welcome, anyway, Nick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he enlists the help of his neighbor, the hot neighbor Lucy Liu, uh, to help him get out of this predicament with the mob. And she's a coroner. That's right. Yeah, she is a coroner. She's like a medical examiner. And then, uh, but then there's two rival groups of mob guys. There's Ben Kingsley's mob guys and Morgan Freeman's mob guys, and both of them want will wipe out the mob, the the guy's debt to the mob if he kills the son of the other mob boss. Yeah. So Morgan Freeman wants Ben Kingsley's son killed, and Ben Kingsley wants Morgan Freeman's son killed. Well, Ben King, uh, Morgan Freeman's son has been killed by yeah. the time they bring him in. Oh, here. right. And, and that again, this is all. Part, anytime you see someone get shot and you don't see the person doing the shooting, this is all another thing that it's, they're going to fill in at the end, and you're going to go, "Oh shit!" Right. Um, or not. It, or not. Um, this is this is this is a fucking mess, and we're just not going to be able to break down the well, whole thing. Well, there's no point. Like by the time I wasn't really paying attention to like the actual twists and turns, it just when it, I, I knew where it was going because I could just tell. Yeah. Also, the details. It's like it doesn't like. I just was like, okay, it's a mistaken identity, whole snafu, or that's what we're supposed to believe. Right. Yeah. And he is stuck in between, and he's he's very casual about the whole thing. And half the movie, he's in a towel, and I mean, <laughs> he has it a, is which is fine. Josh Hotnet, so oh, he's fine in a towel. H a w t n e t. He has an explanation for why he's so casual about everything, which is because he keeps getting. He oh, keeps he has getting, a like, he has a disease. He is going through. He's <laughs> going right. through like one one uh, horrifying traumatic event after another, where he keeps getting punched and. Like he's just under threat the whole time, but he seems breezy and he's constantly making jokes. And uh, at one point, Lucy Liu's like, "Why do you seem so casual during all this stuff?" He's like, "I have adorexia, a condition characterized by freedom from worry or any other preoccupation." Really, is I that think, real? I think adorexia was the original <laughs> title for Annie Hall. <laughs> I have adorexia. I have adorexia. When we were making love, why are we I, back I was here? Not worrying about. I just wanted an excuse <laughs> to do the Woody Allen back thing. Here? That was a pretty good joke. You guys didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> We're stupid. No, <laughs> the, original, the original title for Annie Hall was Anhedonia. Oh. The condition of ba- being unable to be happy. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, that's right. You fucking. <laughs> Definitely. And you're fucking one. animals here that I'm podcasting with. No feelings. <laughs> fucking Annie Halls. Fucking hey, Annie Halls. Hey, I have anorexia. You know, I'm pretty breezy uh, about this know. whole thing. Easy so breezy. Presumably, that's maybe because. Beca- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that got me so much. Easy breezy. Easy breezy. Beautiful <laughs> cover, girl. <laughs> <laughs> does that, so is that a thing that he actually does have, or is that it's like a... Fucking no, he's yeah, just being a little fucking, fucking smarmy butthole. It's that kind of script... <laughs> We're like we're like the, the the screenwriter is wants to show you. Oh, I hated these movies so much. <laughs> the, the screenwriter is this is one of those movies where the screenwriter is like, I'm gonna show people how, how smart and edgy I am in my script. This is it's it's like it's total jerk off fest. Yeah. 
absolute jerk off stuff, and and then and it's ripping off Tarantino uh, most most pronouncedly in in that a he, there people are constantly talking about movies. Uh-huh. Th- speaking of the the whole sort of like man who knew too much, or like they talk about North by Northwest because that's the situation that he's right. in mistaken identity, mistaken identity, and they and then they talk about it a lot, yeah. and they bring up James Bond movies and they talk about James Bond so much. Like Tarantino, yeah. they bond over a bond. I thought the bond was they that, bond over bond. That, that little scene where they were talking about their favorite bonds and they're in bed together. I thought that was kind of cute. To which be ones are her favorites? I forget. Did they say which ones? Well, they they're are? constantly fucking around the whole time. It was. Too, I thought so that I was that was like the out. only cute part. I think. Yeah, they're like they're like joking, and she she, like, she says well, Lazenby's like, the best one. Yeah. and he's like, "What the fuck?" Well, because she, compa- she compared him to Bond, and he was like, "Well, what Bond were you actually talking about?" And she's like, "Well, there's only one Bond." And then he's like, "Yeah, there's only one Bond." And they do a whole like countdown, one, two, three. I don't know because I don't really no, know. And Bonds. She's like Lazenby, and he's she like says, Roger Moore. She says the Kirby Silver Surfer is the only true <laughs> Silver Surfer, uh, and so on. Cute, uh, but cute, that that cute. just goes that just goes on and on. And then like Tarantino and then doesn't have any scenes where people talk about movies that long. Meanwhile, there's also Bruce Willis who's going around maybe manipulating both sides against the middle as well. Yeah. And he's his name is Good Cat. Good Cat. It sure is. Yeah. I don't know what the significance of that is. Oh, well, it turns out we find out later. We do? Yeah, at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> there's so many revelations at the end. Uh. Oh, my God. And Tucci, Tucci Frucci on Rucci is uh, a cop who is, play, who, is try, who is trying to catch both of the mobs, mob guys. Yeah. And he's just always real mad. Tucci's just doing his Burkowski. best here. Yeah. I thought his name was Bukowski at first, and I was just like, from another, yeah, another fucking thing from this screenwriter, but it's not. Barfley. I love, I'm calling it Barfley from Barfley. now on. Barfley. Barfley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds like a recalcitrant Muppet. <laughs> Barfley. Uh, Morgan Freeman is introdu- in- introduced making a, a speech about um, the shmoo. Oh, the oh, shmoo. Yeah, the shmoo. It's a comic book that I loved when I was a kid, and the shmoo is... A, and, the sh- and you're like, oh, no, now he's... Gonna- <laughs> this, this, <laughs> no. Is kind of, this is the kind of thing where people will constantly go, have you ever heard of this? And, and then you're you, like, know oh, you're, you know you're in for like 10 minutes of like... Nothing that matters. He goes in and meets Ben King- Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is the Jewish. His name is Shlomo. His gang is all Jewish guys, including Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll, yeah. Uh, who's in both? Who's in two of these movies? He's also in number twenty three. <laughs> right? Yeah, Wait, he's the, he? he's the cop who comes to investigate the corpse, the skeleton they find in the in the grave at oh, the end. Oh, Corey Stoll. Yeah. He stole my heart. <laughs> Emily's just like mad now. She's just shaking her head like <laughs> I want to go fault. home. I'm the one who decided all these movies, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I had fun. Uh, it, I mean, I had a is, kind of fun. Good, it is kind of a fun. <laughs> ha- it is kind of a fun hate watch. This yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I, pr- I probably enjoyed it the most. Yeah, it's just the, pl- just the plot. Going like, just, Fuck. The plot of all of these is just so like. Uh, there's really no. There's really no point in going through all that stuff. Like this plot, this plot is like aggressive. Like this plot is. Yeah. This plot means us harm. There's a whole thing. I don't like mean. how this plot is coming at me. <laughs> There's Are you gonna kick this plot's ass? Kick this plot's ass up and down Main bling, Street. Bling, bling, bling. <laughs> There's a whole thing where where, Luz, where Lucy Liu gets like figures out maybe who Bruce Willis is. She's so, so cute in this. I love Lucy Liu. Manic, Lucy Lucy Manic Pixie Dream Girl. She, yeah. she, and then Bruce Willis kills her. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're like, which is too huh? bad. At the you know time. what I hated though? So she works in a morgue, and I'm really upset that not once as a morgue worker did she smoke a cigarette or eat no. a huge sandwich yeah, at her yeah, job. Yeah, good point. I was really upset. Good point. I was very, very oh, upset. Oh shit. 
I'm sorry because we were talking about cop cliches, and that's one of my favorite cliches. We forgot to point out Sandra Bullock lives in the in Murder by Numbers. I hate to go back to it. Oh, houseboat. She boat. lives in a fucking houseboat. Oh yeah. I, I, oh my god. I'm so sorry I didn't mention that before. <laughs> yeah. I, I squealed with glee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only the only thing better would be if she lived in a trailer on the beach. Oh god. And in it she goes. She walks into her houseboat, and I was like, ah. And she walks up to her fridge, and I was like, please, please, please. Just like, oh, because we get a shot of her fridge, yeah. and I was so hoping for Chinese takeout containers. Yeah. Not, not oh, yeah. You her, fridge looked that. Pretty, her fridge <laughs> looked pretty orderly. Yeah. Uh, that was disappointing. Anyways, back to Lucky Number 11. Anyways, yeah. Lucy Liu, no cigarette, no sandwich in the morgue. Unceremoniously S- killed by Bruce Willis. Anyway, I don't even remember what happens. I just remember what happens at the end. Uh, well, this is pretty much the end. It's the two that he's pitting the two against he's each other. He's pitting the two against each other. But we, st- I mean, we still think, allegedly, we think he's Nick Rivers. We think he's Nick Rivers, but there it's really funny because the twist hap- has to happen with like a solid 25, 30 minutes left because they've right. got so much work to do to roll up their sleeves. and like It's like that usual suspects ending where they're playing the like trippy, or not trippy right. music, but they're playing that like operatic music and you're seeing in flashbacks and hearing people repeat what lines that they said and, and you know, it all comes into focus, but there's just so much. Yeah. Like the usual suspects, the usual suspects thing is so tidy and it's actually in, like interesting and but like you so certainly didn't see Nick, that coming. Was Nick Rivers a real person? I nope. don't know. No. It's a thing that they no. Uh, they yeah, like made uh, up Nick, the n- Nick Rivers is the character? guy who Bruce Willis breaks his neck at the beginning of it. Yeah, they just oh. found his name randomly. In, okay, in so one they of just the used a name. Books. Okay, that was one of the things that I thought was the funniest about this movie. Was like, also, there's a dead guy. They just killed this guy. Yes, to do this. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> well, when he was a degenerate. I know, but still. That's the excuse that they make. They're like, look, he's got gambling debts. He's a fucking degenerate piece of shit, so yeah. we'll kill him. We just killed him. <laughs> that, well, at a certain point, that the, the movie does try to make you think that maybe the, maybe Josh Hartnett, has, has, maybe his revenge the, has pushed him to being... Maybe they were the racetrack when they killed that guy, not the airport. I don't know. Well, uh, then why were there gates? I don't fucking oh, know. Oh, gates for horses? Uh, no, not, not like that. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Well, because then at the end, it was at the same place, and that's when him and... Lucy Lou, spoiler, she's not dead. Right. Uh, they're yeah, there, right. they're there, and everyone's wearing black except for Lucy Lou, who's wearing red. And I was like, is that supposed to be cool? I don't, mm. I don't even remember that part. Everything in this movie is supposed to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it aggressively out, it supposed out, to be cool. Nick Rivers is just some dude. He has assumed the identity of, of a guy who's not Nick Rivers. He's really His real name is Slevin Kalevra, and he's the son of Max, the, the guy well, that's who got killed at the beginning. not even his real name. That's his name he made up. It's a vengeance that's a name, name he made up. It's a vengeance name. Because he's Baby Henry from the... He's Baby Henry. Slevin was the name of the horse. Slevin was the name of the lucky horse that died. Lucky number Slevin. And he was not killed by hitman Bruce Willis, who was the hitman who killed his mother. A little flashback to Bruce Willis with a mustache, and that's how we know and he's Bruce Willis felt bad younger? about killing the mom and they killing the dad, that. so he takes little baby Henry under his wing and teaches him how to be a hitman. Uh. Yeah. And his name is Good Cat, and Culevra means bad dog. In some language. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure enough. And uh, this has all been a plot by the two of them to get revenge for... Th- I don't know why they're getting revenge on the bad guys, in, uh, on the mob bosses, instead of the hitman who actually pulled the trigger who oh, was maybe they did that helping too. him get the revenge. No, it's Bruce Willis. And oh, why does Bruce right. Willis care? No, Bruce, he felt Willis, bad. But Bruce Willis didn't kill the mom. He felt bad for like 25 years. I guess so. Oh, do you know who did kill the mom? You who? remember who I did forget. kill the mom? No, who was it? Do you remember no. Stanley Tucci? It was Tucci. Yes, mm. because he, Josh Hart, no, Tucci's involved too. He's the cop. Oh, right. He's like the Fed guy. But back back in the day when this happened, he was like a cop oh, who yeah. was under the who was on the like, take. Who was on the take? My he used to be my book. Yeah, there's that. So whole it all it all comes together so hard. 
<laughs> and Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley were partners at the time, and they were the ones responsible for. Yeah, this movie is, <sighs> this movie is so annoying. But then I'm like not smiling yeah, right now. No, <laughs> this movie is so annoying. And he fa- and they fake so tidy. And they fake Lucy Liu's or Josh Hartnett and Lucy Liu fake Lucy Liu's death. Because Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis really did think he, he was going to have to kill her. He genuinely is a psycho. He apparently has some sort of um, soft spot for Josh Hartnett for whatever reason. But other than that, he's cold-blooded psycho. And he's like, "Hey, friend Lucy Liu, uh, she uh, she took a picture so of me. She's, she's, she's got to go. go." And he's like, "Oh, absolutely. I know you're a psycho, and you can't be reasoned with." And so he just fa- he fakes her death. But then at the end, Bruce Willis is like, "I know you faked her death, and it's okay. <laughs> he's fine with it." Why didn't you just tell me? I would have understood. And it's like, would you have? <laughs> well, then we wouldn't have had this twist, another fucking twist to add to and our And then they all go somewhere together at this <laughs> weird airport. Because they're in love. Yeah. And they're a this family. true love. And maybe now that all this is done, uh, Josh Hartnett, who we who we all like so much, can can be just to have a breezy life without being a psychopath all the time. Yeah. Mm, I don't know, he's really unlucky. Breezy, <laughs> he's very well, or is he? Because this plan seemed to go pretty well. Uh, did we point out the fact that he's wearing a towel most of the time in this movie? He's wearing a towel for like half of this fucking movie. Not lo- it's it, it's it's right in the middle too. It's it should have either been way less towel or, or he should have worn the towel worn the, the whole movie. The entire yeah. movie. The whole movie. Imagine it. Oh, we would be talking about this movie. Everybody would be talking about this movie all the time if Josh Hartnett wore the towel. <laughs> Everyone the would whole be talking about it movie. all the time. Even at the end when he doesn't have to be. Like silly. He just has silly. the option to like put on some clothes and he's like nah. I'm fine. And he's just going around shooting people on the street with his towel on and stuff like that. Yeah, with a mirac- miraculous hold on that towel. Disturbing. I also wanted to point out how uh, horrified and disgusted I was by Hartnett's body. He's not ripped at all. He's just his regular, a regular thin man. You were horrified and disgusted yeah. by Hartnett's if they made body? This, yeah, he's not ripped. He's not fucking he's extremely ripped. He's like a gangly, ripped. hot guy. I know. I had so many shirtless photos of him in my room when I was younger. They would never have this. Ha- they would never put a person's body. Pearl like Harbor. Oh, they hate today. regular looking people now. This is, this, is, this is the point. I'm, I, I'm being satirical. Dude, and that white wife beater. That is a great movie. Yeah. When they have sex with all he the linens read. in the laundry. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> You're just, my best friend. He, oh, he just looks Pearl like Harbor. he's in. He just looks Dude, like he's in tell, regular Dude, we should do a Patreon shape. for Pearl. Patreon for Pearl. That would be, be so good. So My favorite bad. part of Pearl Harbor, not to get up Let's too off topic. Let's just start talking about Pearl Harbor. There's a scene in the that actual w- incident or the movie? No, no, the movie. Oh, okay, fine. The actual <laughs> incident, the whole thing was great. Uh, <laughs> start to finish. Yeah, start to finish. Start to Compelling. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, the, uh, it's it's late in the movie, uh, and uh, it's turned out that, ju- that like Ben Affleck's back. Like they're they're reunited. Like the the, the two best friends are reunited, but, and like Ben Affleck has now been going out with uh, with Kate Winslet or, or no Kate or Kate Winslet, Kate Beckinsale and Josh Hartnett are together now. And Ben Affleck has come back, and Kate Beckinsale is like, I can't be with you, Ben Affleck. I, you know, I'm with Josh Hartnett now. <laughs> and this scene takes place at a quintessential Michael Bay gas station, because there's a gas station <laughs> oh, yeah. in every Michael Bay movie. Like the Cindy Crawford <laughs> gas station. Yep. And, uh, and But the camera, it's like positioned behind Ben Affleck, and there's this like slow zoom out or push away from him as he's like hanging his head sad. And there are just these giant pineapples. Oh, all the, the pineapples. <laughs> yeah. It just makes pineapple me laugh so amazing. hard. I, like I just picture Michael Bay going, can we get some fucking pineapples in this <laughs> shot, please? No, no, no. I like when they're all talking about their girlfriends in the, in the airplane hangar, and uh, in the background, Michael Shannon's just like, <laughs> I got a girlfriend. <laughs> And then there's like a really long pause, and then they continue talking. <laughs> so good. Anyways, back to this. Lucky back to number lucky number seven. seven. Anyways, Josh Hartnett's body is, disgusts me, and uh, we do have to see it a lot. Um, 
Did I did, have I ever told my Josh Hartnett story uh, when I was working at the movie theater? No. Uh, is it when all the girls came in to see Black Hawk Down? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think I You've remember the story. You've told me because I was one of those girls. Because Josh Hartnett was a big deal for like five years, yeah. and he was he was a big heartthrob, more like Josh Heartthrob. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. And um, and I was working at the Metro, and uh, all we had Black Hawk Down, Ridley Scott's hard hard, hard R, ex- hyper violent, hyper realistic. Somali War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite films. <laughs> a brutal, brutal movie, even by war movie standards. And like tons and tons of teenage girls were going to see this movie. Yeah. And and we were all like baffled by it. And I thought it was going to be another Pearl Harbor movie. That's what I thought when I <laughs> went to see it's Black so Hawk much Down. more unpleasant. That must have been what, what these girls were thinking. But at any, at any rate, we were all baffled by this for like a couple days. Because uh, so many teenage girls were coming to see this, and at a certain point, we were all at the uh, ticket. We were tearing tickets, and at a certain point, like we were like, "Oh, it's is it Hartnett. Is he? He's popular with the." And then at a certain point, uh, I, like, I asked one of the teenage girls coming up, I was like, "Are you? Are you guys coming to see this because of Josh Hartnett?" And she goes, "No, I love war." Nice, Jesus. love that, love that girl. I absolutely Hope she's doing good. One of my favorite things anyone's ever said. To <laughs> Hope she's thriving today. It's just so go for her. Go so for funny. Her. Go it's for a, it's her. Such a teenager thing to say. No, I love no, war. I love war. I don't think I asked for your sarcasm, young Fuck lady. Fuck you, Travis. I love that lady. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Anyways, Josh she wasn't Hartnett. being sarcastic. No, she really was. She's an, she's like Michael Pitt. That's that girl that walks around college campuses with an AR-15. <laughs> she's gonna do a murder by numbers. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Josh Hartnett was a a big hunky heartthrob, and I, I think this might have been after that. What else? Maybe what else? Are there lines? Are we done? Yeah, I, have we ton- I have tons and tons of lines. Can we lines? This movie is a freaking crime of writing. Uh, I, I wanted to point out. That it's mostly Tarantino ripoff, but listen to this line. Drugs to a handicap. Guy wants what the fella calls a sure thing, so he well, schemes very to make mammity. it so. It's, more, it's more mammity than mammoth. When this was happening, I was like, Travis is going to bring this up. because. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what I got? Start over. Uh, guy wants what the fella calls a sure thing, so he schemes to make it so. Yeah. That is. There's no, a whole, no that whole, that like whole that. little thing about the, like, the, the story of the shoe-in horse is very, is very mammity. Yeah, and and what 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 would you describe this? This is maybe Tarantino. I mean, it's hard to say, but people like it, it's so there's so much, uh-huh. and a lot of times when you say that about a movie, it's like a compliment. There's so much to this movie. Oh, it's a gift. Oh. This is like oh. too much. bludgeoning you with. There's so too much plot. There's too much lines, and it, it, it's they have the person who wrote this had not heard of the whole brevity is wit. Brevity is the soul of wit line. Uh-huh. Um, because like people's bantery responses will just go on and on. They're so long. But this is um, this is where someone goes like well, that's a hell of a story, <laughs> and so naturally, naturally, if someone tells you that's a hell of a story, this is what you would say. Right. Charlie Chaplin entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest in Monte Carlo and came in third. That's a story. This is something else. <sighs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to say, and people are saying shit like that. Oh, I wanted to point out that one point. Um, there's just a lot of. Uh, People fucking doggy style in this movie. The movie <laughs> thinks that people fucking doggy style is very funny. And at one point, at least in the story that Josh Hartnett tells to Lucy Liu, he walks in on his. This, and of course, this didn't oh happen. Oh, God. Right. He, he walks in on his girlfriend um, getting uh, railed doggy style by someone else. Nick Rivers. And the guy goes, It was an accident. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, really? Like you, like you tripped and fell? Oh, no. Which is. Not allowed to use that line. Sorry. <laughs> Shane Black. <clears throat> 
<laughs> that's a shame. Black. Yeah. You know, we were saying like um, stigmata was just like a collection of the different kinds of stylist stylist um, right. cinematography. Yeah, like this is like good. stylist writers. The movie. Uh, Kelly Perkins, Jerkins Perkins. What? Um, I have a line. I I, I don't know. Who I have a line in this movie. That. Cross it. I live on both sides of the fence. My grass is always green. Oof. I think that was that Tucci. I don't. I don't. Or Kingsley. I don't, I don't like that. Could know. be anyone. Martin. This is could this is anyone. just some random character <laughs> when when when, when Lucky Number Eleven is being picked up by more gangsters, and this is another one where it just just goes on and on. You're like, how can you still be talking? He goes like, I'm not, I'm not Nick. I'm Slevin. He goes, Nick, Slevin, Clark Kent, whatever the fuck your name is. The Virgin Mary herself should come waltzing in here with her fine ass, titties hanging out, and everything. And if she told me your name was Jesus Christ, I still gotta take some foot to stop talking. Do you guys think anyone, um, any of the college bros, uh, who loved love this movie that came out? Do you think anyone named their baby Slevin Calavera? Absolutely. Should I look it up on Facebook? Do you think that there I are? That do you think that there are b- movie bros who liked this? Absolutely. Well, I don't mean like movie bros, but I mean bros who bros. liked this movie, like Boondock Saints. Yeah, guys? yeah, 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 yeah yes. exactly. Okay. People who like Boondock Doc Saints like this. Ugh, I can God. promise you that. I also, don't ever want to meet anybody like that. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to in this world. Sometimes you have to <laughs> in this world. I, I want, we didn't. Shoot. We didn't Somebody point out tickets. that in addition to being obnoxious like this, it's also. That kind of it's also that the bad well extra bad kind of because there's a character just referred to as the fairy uh-huh. as a gay character and everyone just calls him the fairy it's that kind of movie. right it's that kind of fucking movie <sighs> like and just, so you hear that like two two dozen times and you just like your eyes roll up in the back of your head and it's just tedious as hell. I Robert Forrester turns up. Robert Forrester, yeah. I guess not, uh, talking about <laughs> it, I did hate this more than Murder by Numbers. Yeah, I did too. Or did too. <laughs> I guess I just wasn't paying that close attention when it was on because I was just like, ah, I don't need to really worry about this. Uh, there is there is a, a scene at the very end where I'll, I'll at least give him this. It's Morgan Freeman and, and Ben Kingsley who like hate each other at this point, but we're partners before. They're tied to chairs. Uh, Indiana Jones oh, yeah. and Sean Connery style at the end before Josh Hartnett exacts his revenge on them and tells them what's going on and stuff. And they're just like yelling at each other, and that's kind of fun because they're both good actors. Ben Kingsley's Ben Kingsley is doing a truly bananas accent that is just insane. It's almost as good as his sneakers accent. And then at the end of this whole scene, Josh Hartnett puts a bag over both of their heads. I really didn't so like this. This was actually like really this like really disturbing to me to watch. Like because yeah. you you watch them actually like suffocate, and that type of death always has bothered me. It's like one of those things that is like oh god, like I just can't. Yeah. And right. you really watch them like breathe until they cannot breathe in this plastic anymore, and it's like pretty fucked up. Because <laughs> this movie's fucking dark. And well, this is up, the only man. dark and fucked up part that actually affected me. Yeah, but and it, I'm it, not gonna apologize for that. No, go for you. you shouldn't have to. Uh, <laughs> go for you. But, but go this for is me. this is just one of those movies that you, you. There is a movie out there where you can watch Sir Ben Kingsley and Morgan Freeman um, back to back die? with bags <laughs> with plastic bags suffocate with plastic bags over their head <laughs> at the same time. You, you, it's got that. You're welcome. You're welcome, American <laughs> public. Thanks, Justin. Smell my dick. <laughs> Ratings. Oh. One and a half Jude Juds. One Judes? and a half Juds. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. One and a half Juds. Uh, cause it sucks. Cause it's just the worst kind of Tarantino knockoff. I can't believe that this came out in the mid 2000s and not like 1997. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Uh, I'm gonna give it two Douglases for all the doggy style railing and just general. <laughs> 
depravity of the whole, or, or le- a sort of alleged depravity. It was like, look at how edgy I am. Look at this. Uh-huh. Like the scene at the beginning too, where the hooker is talking to the about the horse and she's getting, oh, she's she's getting, getting railed. boned by the gross dude. Yeah, yeah, fuck that shit. Uh, two ju- two Douglases for that, and I'm gonna give it. Um, ay ay ay. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten uh, towels. Yeah, <laughs> should have nice. been the whole movie. Yeah, whole movie or none of it. Uh, I'm gonna give it one and a half. Uh, it sucks and is more obnoxious. It is obnoxious as hell, but there's just like some actors doing some stuff that I kind of enjoy in it. Uh, maybe, maybe just for Ben Kingsley's accent alone. Just like every time he's talking, you're just going like, "What in the yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> it's so weird." Um, but it's it's aggressively annoying. I think we've gotten that point across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it two Douglases for the railing. And uh, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten bags over legendary actors' heads. Good job. Oh boy. Um, I'm gonna give it one and a half Juds because this was just super annoying, and I almost want to give it one, but I just also think that one has to be very very messy. I mean, this is really messy, but it's a mo- it's a movie. I don't know. It is like the movie it wants to be. Yeah. It's not like a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a movie. It is watchable. It's just really annoying and like abrasive. Also, there's a lot of we didn't really talk about how how it looks, but it's all this contrast cinematography stuff like and it just is trying so hard. It's such a try hard. Um I'm giving it a one and a half Douglases for everything everyone already said. And then I'm giving it 10 out of 10 schmoo. Have I ever told you about the schmoo? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, here we go. It's going to take two and a half minutes. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, like like we were saying, um, it's not a a fuck up. I do have, have a strong suspicion that once this movie was all finished and cut, that they were like, Guys, we fucking did it. Oh, <laughs> this no. is the movie. Dude, they we partied so hard when it was ready. We the got shmovie. ourselves a fucking the hit. Shmovie. It's the schmovie. We're going to make so much money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Well, me and Travis were talking about how these three movies are all like three different breeds of annoying guys at a party. Mm. <laughs> and Absolutely. It truly is. They're so bad in real. such different ways. Yeah. Uh, and 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 few movies are bad and are bad in quite the way that the movie we're going to talk about next oh. is bad. A movie oh, I, had, no. I had never seen. <laughs> I love that you've never this seen that. Fourth time I've seen. Oh my god! Fourth? Why have you seen it so many times? I, th- I think it's kind of a fun uh, hate watch. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. okay. So the movie we're going to talk about is the number twenty three, directed by Joel Schumacher and written by Flatley Flinglers. Was I buying that for you too? Actually, I've had a good long time to flip through it. Why don't you give it a try? <laughs> The number 23, a heart-wrenching odyssey into paranoia, and the most horrifying metamorphosis ever told. I'm buying this for you. Chapter one. All I could think about was the number. I met you when I was... 23. And the day we met was? September 14th. 914. 14 plus 9 is? 23. Is it all just a coincidence? I don't know. So what is 23? There are 23 axioms to Euclid's geometry. The human body consists of 46 chromosomes, 23 from each parent. Two divided by three, point six six six. number of the devil. So is 23 a blessing or a curse? I 
was born at 11, 12 p.m. 11 plus 12. 23. My birthday, 23. Driver's license, social security number. It's all 23. Sif, it's imitating my life. You've concerned yourself with minutia and you've drawn wild conclusions from them. Every 23rd word on every 23rd page. I warn you, hell is waiting. The number. What does that mean? He know. Fernley Phillips, who's never done anything <laughs> at all, and it's probably a student. Check for this something. out, though. The number 23, 2007. 7 plus 2 is 9. 9 divided by 3 is 3. Plus twenty. Two, two zeros, two, oh. and three. Twenty-three. Holy shit, Travis. Yes. How long did it take you to figure out just some way to make that happen? It, it, as long as it takes. It ta- <laughs> you, you, you work on it, it until you get to 23. minutes. It took him 23 took, minutes. It took me 20. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> um, Schumacher, Schumacher really gives us a... Uh, <laughs> Schumacher and his writing cohort, Flindley Flanders. I want to point out before we before we get into it, Captain I, Phillips. I, this this movie was completely buried <laughs> when it came out. Like yeah. this is a drink. And I saw good it in cause. theaters, and with good cause. It was in theaters, and I, I was. I think I saw it with my mom in theaters. You know what? She probably said it was pretty crazy. <laughs> pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> she was right. Uh, but and I, you were twenty three years old that day. I learned about this movie. I, I was I, seventeen. I didn't even know about the existence of this movie until I saw the poster for it when it was playing at the uh, Pacific Place AMC. Mm-hmm. It was up. The, the poster was up, and it was in a theater, and because it had just been dumped off in the theaters, and I was there to see something else. And I looked at the poster, and I had that reaction like when Homer sees Kirk uh, Van Houten's uh, cassette tape. <laughs> I just started laughing because it's a picture of Jim Carrey with a bunch of twenty threes written on his face and looking real scared, like sad or miserable or whatever. And I was like, "Is it?" face the 23's on it it's funny for someone i was just laughing at it <laughs> that's kind of like how i feel about this movie it's so fucking embarrassing and silly it's so, this, i can't believe they made this whole so thing so embarrassing it's so cringy <laughs> i i i hate seeing jim carrey fuck that's like the main thing is it's so it's i just hate i got so i was so tired of it if you want to uh, see butt-naked-ass Jim Carrey fucking fully clothed women... With, like, a, a tribal tattoo on his back. <laughs> Holding a saxophone. I hate it so much. Oh, this God. I almost died just now. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. So, I texted you guys this as soon as the movie started because the, one of the first things that happens is uh, Jim Carrey is like, he's an animal control officer. He's in his animal control truck, and he's like, okay, that's me, Jim Carrey. There's a voiceover where he does that. Oh, there's a voiceover forever. Yeah. And he's like, this. We'll, we'll go back and start in a minute, but first, let's do this, you know. And uh, but the the first thing that you see is the the shot, the establishing shot, and it says, February third, two three. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> like immediately, I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> the twenty, the number twenty three. Am I right, guys? So bad. I think that this is maybe that this is made. Uh, oh, did we point out by the way that this is Joel Schumacher? I did. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And, Fling, and Flingly Flombers. Give you an idea of the kind of bad that it is. It's a Joel Schumacher's brand of bad movie is very special. I feel like this it's is particularly Jim, unself-aware and embarrassing. It's Jim Carrey. It's Virginia Madsen. Oof. Who's the kid? Is it Logan Lerman or something? Yeah, like that? <laughs> Percy Jackson. Whose whose name in the movie is Robin Sparrow? Oh God! All right. 
Jim Carrey's Walter Sparrow. Right. Or is he? Or is it Top Secrets? <laughs> top Secrets. Top he Secrets. Figures, he figures that out Fingerling. so late in the game. Fingerling. Fingerling. Uh, did you like the part at the end when she uh, when she's like, I found the manuscript. <laughs> it turns out you really wrote it this whole time. And uh, and but it there's like a piece of paper. There's art. There's a sticky the covering the name, and she rips it off. It's like, so did you put that back on to show him now? Because anyway, so. I don't. I don't like how I don't like her involvement in all this. I feel like she could have nipped this in the bud. She even though nipped this in the bud, but it is not her responsibility. His psychotic break. So well, also, they do have like, a child, and he did murder somebody. So like, you feel like maybe get on it. Also, yeah. he she's just like letting him take their kid like out to like dig up. Human skeletons. That kid, man, it's gonna be so. So, so that up. hopefully he realizes what's going on and chills the fuck out. The kid looked like every kid on Stranger Things. That kid. I thought it was Finn Wolfhard for yeah, a yeah. second, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, wait, this can't be. That's he would be forty now. It's a Finn Wolfhard but, type. Yeah, twenty-three. Uh, but before we before <laughs> we like dig into it, like my capsule review for this thing and why I think it's a lo- kind of special as a bad movie is that it's a movie whose premise uh, about a about a conspiracy theory type of um, thing that doesn't add up. And the plot doesn't add up. Right. I like the fact that it just sort of uniformly doesn't add up. That's unintentional. That's not the kind of movie it's trying to do. It's not trying well, to make any point uh, like that. The thing about it is, like, the whole the whole thing is sort of s- catalyzed and predicated on this fixation with numerology and the yes. number 23 and all of its def- different permutations and the way that it appears in all these yeah, situations. That's why I always thought it was cool. Like but then the end of the story, the actual... Throws it away. It doesn't have anything to do with it that. Throws it away. Or yeah. does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, they try to like they try to, they try to inject it back in or again after yeah. and they're like, "No, no, you already stopped being this." It's just you his. Can't it's be just this his again. weird psychic psycho kink. It's like the one thing that that crazy man is into. So the, I, I remember when I saw it, I I kind of was like into it because I was like, "Oh, you know, I, weird stuff like numerology and conspiracy stuff like that is always interesting to me." Uh, but I don't think I ever saw it again after I watched it, and watching it now, I was like, well, <coughs> the premise, okay, it could be kind of interesting, but it does not work out. And Jim Carrey, oh, God, he's just so embarrassing in this. <laughs> it's so sad. It is sad. There is he's some so, set setting around so Christmas bad. in this, which I thought was nice for the season we're in. As Emily pointed out in the car, this movie came out two years after Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, he thought he could do it's anything. Like he still, thought he could do anything. <laughs> this this isn't this isn't like in the this is the began the nadir of his career. Yeah. This this is he was still fly, flying high. Mm-hmm. He does have one little moment in this movie that I liked, and it's the one time where he kind of tries to be funny. There's like a scene where he's in. It's like towards the beginning of the movie. The kid is coming down the steps, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting so weird? You on drugs? You smoking the cigarettes? Smoking, smoking reefer?" Yeah, and he's just being like a friendly dad. He's just being like Jim Carrey dad. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, cute. that's yeah." And then that's the only time he's even remotely charming in this entire film. Or when he almost catches his when he catches his kid making out with that girl, and so he like pauses out on the the <laughs> patio with his wife, cut him a break, you know. He gives he gives him like some weird like don't fuck her advice too like keep keep her virginity intact. Oh yeah, <laughs> you remember that? Oh, God. <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll There's get like to it. There's like some weird Christian like, subtext huh? under all of this. <laughs> hey, so anyway, he's an don't anim- fuck her, He's okay. an animal control guy <laughs> who finds this book called the number twenty three. Where does he find it in his own attic? I thought he got it at the bookstore. No, she finds it at, at a bookstore. And gives right. it to him? 
big why? mistake. Why? Because big mistake. Why did she Huge. do that? That's a good question. Wait, why did she do that? I didn't. I must I have missed know. something. I, because I didn't remember that. I don't remember how he got the book. No, okay, so they do the Benjamin Button thing where he's like, if she'd made one left turn or if this car hadn't done this or if she'd just left two minutes later, then all of this wouldn't have, like the whole, I make right. fun of it all the time. We're like, oh, wow, things lead to other things. Like there's a sequence of events. Mind-blowing. They do a tiny little chunk of that. Where in, in his flashback <coughs> voiceover, he's going like, if only uh, I hadn't been late. She, he's, he's late getting uh-huh. home. And for some reason, him being late from getting home makes his wife kill some time because they were going to meet in up. In the bookstore. She goes into the bookstore to kill some time. She wouldn't have gone in there if only he hadn't hadn't had to do uh, this one. Yeah. Yeah. He had to go deal with his shitty dog situation because right. he's a dog catcher, which right. is a total it's this job. One that dog. It's Ned. Ned. Ned the dog. <laughs> uh, uh, nonstop evil dog Pretty or whatever. Good boy. Yeah. He doesn't have much uh, to do, but he's doing it. Guardian his, of the Dead. But his wife goes in, and, and then the only way that they can explain this, they, they don't have an explanation for this because they t- try to explain everything else, is that just some sort of fate thing where she walks in and sees this shitty-looking manuscript in a bookstore. I don't... Yeah. I think that they may, maybe do explain how it got... In. Self-published. It's just like well, the one copy, and she just sees it there, and it's all in slow motion, and the music gets eerie, and she just, for whatever reason, because... To throw the universe into whack or whatever fate, she or picks to it up. give or to give to her husband, who she knows is a is a crazy murderer who is triggered into writing this novel because of his psychosis. Why? But she doesn't know this yet. So she figures all this out along the way. That's too? where I was confused yes. too, because I was she like, why did she even give she... it to him if she? knew no. that it was no. she finds this she finds out all this stuff she does explain it to him what happens but that's after she goes to the insane asylum and how much, gets how all much the information do you think she paid together. for the manuscript at the bookstore I, wait, I, I, uh, 23 I, it's gotta oh, be oh it has to be it's gotta be. be 23 no that's too expensive it's 23 for a manuscript at a bookstore I think that's fine that's gonna be 23 23 maybe either way there's 23 in it somewhere I'll tell you that $2.30 $2 yes $2.30 is how much it is okay and it's this crummy looking, it looks like a shitty manuscript. And she's like, well, my my husband will definitely like this piece now of trash. This, he'll like. This is going to take him weeks to read all the way through, even though it's like 80 pages long mm. or something like that. I'm so mad. And, and I think she just, she like picks it up and is like, oh, the main character's name is Fingerling. Oh, I like the <laughs> part. I like the drinking. part where he starts getting involved in, in the story. He's like really into it, and he's like, he's like, this guy's fingerling. I wish that was my name. <laughs> what? Well, well, the guy who wrote it wished it was his name, and then he made it his name. And then Jim Carrey was like, I also used to read the book with fingerling, and, and I also wished it was my name. Yeah, that's so. Therefore, this I is know, gonna but be. I mean, who wants to? Why fingerling? Why? It's that's a really a sec- stupid it's a sexy name. name. It's a sexy name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's really fucking Named hot. after those cool potatoes that we all love so much. The sexy ass potatoes. Oh, those potatoes are so hot. <laughs> fingerling potatoes and love making. <laughs> making love to the fingerling potatoes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyhow. But that's uh, all like so like there's the, the of all the crazy conspiracy stuff that's happening to him. A, he's being chased by the number 23. Yes. We'll get into that. But he also keeps reading this manuscript and going like, "This guy really reminds me of, uh, of me." me. And it's like, Why? It's this goth- well, there's only it can only be one reason. And it's this goth detective novel too. Yes. 
with the, that stars the his pe- the people in his life are reimagined as characters in the book. So like, oh he's the detective, the saxophone playing goth detective who's in love with a woman named Fabrizia, also played by Virginia Madsen. Oh my god! And <laughs> when Fabrizia is introduced, this really sucked me in because it plays that fucking hot ass Interpol song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that album is so. That's a sexy album, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, that's a good album. And then they're uh, they're looking. They're trying to to help or solve the the crime of murdering this one this blonde woman who's obsessed with the number 23. And then also Danny Houston, their best friend IRL, is also the like s- this spooky mob guy in the book. Yes. And you know, there there's a really funny moment early in this movie, like before the shit really starts to happen, where they like. She's like, he's like, oh, I've got this book. It's a really neat book. And she's like, I don't know, that book's not so great. You shouldn't be reading it. And uh, and then they go to they go to the Christmas party at Danny Houston's house, where they're just like, they knock on the door, and then Danny Houston just opens the door and goes, hi, and he's just terrifying, just because he's a scary dude. How do you do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like my father if he had a, it was trying to hide a British accent. So scary. <laughs> Every time I see that guy, ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> A little afraid of Danny Houston. I mean, he's a scary guy. He's a scary guy. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's the and he's the in the real world. He like he's their Jim buddy. Carrey, he's their buddy, and Jim Carrey is slightly threatened by his relationship with his wife. With his wife, yeah. And then, of course, in the uh, where he's the character that the Danny Houston plays in his imaginary detective fingerling world, he's like the evil bad guy yes. and stuff. Yes. There's way too much going on and nothing going on all at the same all time at the same in time. this movie. Kind of yeah. like Lucky Number's Eleven, but it's Kinda very like it's that. very different. Like the plot is convoluted and fucked up in like an entirely different sort of way. Yeah. Th- this one, I could see people reading Lucky Number's Eleven and go and like if you're <laughs> like a studio <laughs> guy, like a, a st- absolutely like a studio guy and going like, yeah, yeah this is the kind of shit people like. I like fucking Pulp Fiction and shit. That right. fucking rocked. Uh, let's get... This is some badass... Like, I, it's a really, like... I, I feel like you get, like, ten pages into this script and be like, wait a minute, what? what? This feels like what another one of those shit? Schumacher projects that, like, maybe sat on the shelf for a long time and, he, and like, then yeah. somehow Jim Carrey got attached to it and was like, oh, we'll do it. Yeah. And and isn't the main selling point the idea that, that this twenty three thing is a real thing? Not a not a real, but it's like a real conspiracy theory. It is a real conspiracy theory. Thing. People do believe this shit. Yeah, but the movie kind of implicitly doesn't believe in this shit. I feel like Virginia, Virginia Madsen's constantly going like, "Yeah, you can do that with any number. Right. If you start looking for it, then you, it's going to come up all the time." And that's. That's a hundred percent it. That's yeah, yeah. entirely the explanation. Well, like and there's it's true. there's multiple points in the movie where like the character will go like, you know, Pearl Harbor happened on this date. Add up the thing, and it's this, and this thing happened on this date. Add up the, add up the numbers. It's this. It's like yeah, but you left the year off of that one. Yes, you're and being then like selective. you just added up the letters for March on this one, and like, you know what I mean. It's just if sort you, of like if you want to get to twenty three, you can you make can anything a way get to, to twenty three. It. Yeah. It's so easy. And also like think of all the historical dates that are have yeah, the t- yeah. and it's like well think of all the historical dates. You could get killed during the Junior Jumble. <laughs> There are so many things that have happened yeah. right. <laughs> in the world. It's like, what about all Surely the other I'm things that don't add up to 23? Is that not a... They were... Oh, that's fucked up, too. Oh. There's 23 of them. And that, and that, at a certain point in this movie, that does start happening. We're like, she can't be the one. Her name doesn't add up to right. 23. 23 letters, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I was so mad. <laughs> I was just so mad at this point, you know? Like... I just couldn't handle it anymore. I still kind of, st- and this is a more, a more difficult kind of bad fun movie. Some of it is straight up fun bad, and then it gets it does get tedious this, towards the end. This reminded me a lot of uh, Perfect Stranger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, you know? very embarrassing. Just like, what the <laughs> fuck were you thinking? 
what even is this? <laughs> and then it's got like this ending where you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It's like, I mean, I can't sit there and say that I was, like, really bored. I mean, I, I, it was a cold morning. I, I slept in and stayed in bed with my dog and watched this, you know, early in the morning and then went back to sleep. It was, like, not a big deal. But, like, I was just sitting there going, like, what the fuck is even, who cares? I don't care. I'm mad. This we we went through Jim per- Jim Carrey's whole filmography, and this movie really is the beginning of the end. It's it's like uh, uh, auspiciously so to the point where yeah. I think Bruce Almighty came out like very recently before this. He was a huge huge hit. It was, yeah, it was yeah, still the hit. old Jim Carrey, the ma- machine chugging along, and then all right, and then still talking and about Eternal Eternal, Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Uh, you know, before that, so he was doing he was doing the the good acting, mm-hmm. the the big the big hits, the Jim Carrey special that. Yeah, yeah. And then this happens, and then it's just shit. Plummeting. <laughs> All the way up until we finally get Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, and he's back, man. baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but, but I mean, and, I can, and that makes sense. If anything is going to kill your career, it, at least, at yeah, least you can the, be done in by fucking 23. Up. It only made $23 million. <laughs> at least you can have a reason to point to and go like, oh, yeah, I re- that, was, that was a bad choice. Yeah. He's he's. Remember when so he did the uh, the like CGI and uh, Christmas Carol? Oh yeah. Oof. Well, that was he did the Zemeckis Christmas Carol. Yeah. That's too bad. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, and Jim, and Jim Carrey. Carrey in. Did I watch Sarah's Christmas Day? That was Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey's Tiny Tim. You yeah. had Scrooge. What day is it today? <laughs> Okay. Um, it's the twenty third of December. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! The Scrooge, numbers chasing the after letters me. in Scrooge add up to twenty three. <laughs> so we're basically the plot of this movie. We're flashing back and forward between uh, Jim Carrey's real life and then the stuff that's happening in the book, and it is hysterical. He is obsessed with this book. It's t- traumatizing him. He's so obsessed with it. It's taking him so long to read it. It is a short, short book. His wife, short. I, I think, like his wife. Yeah, what read else it, like, is he at, doing? <laughs> well, there's even Dog a part. Catching. There's a part earlier. Where he's like, man, I'm really into this book, and I, I had a question about this thing, and she's like, well, how far are you into it? And he goes, only two chapters, and she goes, oh. She probably, I think, she read it at the bookstore, but <laughs> on her way to the cash register. <laughs> she did read it while walking to the cash <laughs> She's register. Like, why is it taking you so long to read this book? What are you for? Because like, are you what learning else do we, to read? We don't, don't even see along? him doing anything else. <laughs> no. Dog catches occasionally, and then brings his kid in on things that he shouldn't bring his kid. Yeah. In. So like, what else has happened? There's the there's the goth detective novel. What about the the suicide blonde? Have we talked about her? That's in the goth. Well, she's yes. in the goth detective. That's chapter novel. five. The su- they, which who, who who is called referred to repeatedly as the suicide blonde. Yeah, I remember in the theater when the, her the body drops. Mm-hmm. That actually like really jump scared me. Oh, okay. I Good can job. See that. This is Thanks. very funny because um, the the everything is embarrassing about Jim Carrey's performance in this, but possibly the most embarrassing thing is his narration of the detective novel. <laughs> and it's chapter five. I meet the suicide blonde, and uh, this is this is this is fucking hilarious. I'm sorry, no matter mm-hmm. how you slice it. it, maybe it's supposed to be. I don't know, uh, but he's like narrating it, and then you we also get snippets of actual dialogue in there. 
goes, Suicide Blonde tells me she was a good person once, but now. And then it cuts to the Suicide Blonde. She goes, I'm a bad person. <laughs> that really happens. <laughs> that really happens. And she's the one who introduces the Suicide Blonde number in the story. Is yeah. the one who introduces him to the 23. It's this number. This fucking number. 23. It rules my world. And then <laughs> it rocks my world. And this is where we first. But <laughs> <laughs> that number rocks my world so hard. <laughs> this is where we first start getting into like these hilarious um, pe- rants that people go on. And she goes, pink is my favorite color. You know, so you <laughs> oh, my God. The pink. So thing. you know what pink is? It's not red, a fucking fact. Red 27. White 65. 65 plus 27, 92. Pink has four letters. 92 divided by four is 20 fucking three. Yeah, it's like, what? how long did it take you to reach for that 23? <clears throat> Just so pick a new favorite color. It's so Yeah, exactly. That's not a fact. And A, it's so easy to not... It's like you, you tried pink and it didn't work, so you're like, okay, let's see. How do I make this 23 white and pink, white and red? It's like you had to do so much extra stuff to get to 23, so it's not rocking your world or ruling your world. You're trying for it. <laughs> which seems pretty clear I, and, I, and it's also just never really fully explained like why we're supposed to like what is the additional implication is like why are we supposed to be freaked out by this because once even you if see it, it you can't true, stop and it's all you can think about I guess I think it just it consumes just your stop mind thinking about it you can't you're just you're just going like, oh it's like 23 when you see patterns everywhere or you think about something and you end up like it's like having a song stuck in your head uh, I guess so why can't you just be chill about it and be like eh, number 23 is everywhere Red, dude. No, there's bro, there's 23 again. <laughs> Red, <Yeah. dude. laughs> 23, cool. There's 23 again, cool. But, I mean, it's fine, right? 423 right e- now, Accept hey. it and move on, bro. It's just 23. I just saw a bunch of 23s today. It's fine, though. You don't I see me about my life. <laughs> I just went about my life. It's fine, there's though. No re- no I'm re- fine, I'm chill. You freak out about it. <laughs> I don't know. You everyone, must, you must chill. I have down. taken your keys. You must chill. <laughs> and, Dude, so Jim, nice. and so Jim nice Carrey, rap. like, after reading this in this book, starts to, like, uh, <laughs> get into the number 23 right. thing. And at a certain point, his uh, Virginia Mads and his wife does just say this one thing that p- pretty much immediately, like, 100% dismisses all of it perfectly. You've concerned yourself with minutia, and you've drawn wild conclusions from them. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, but uh, Minutia. Minutia. And then at a certain point, he go. This is when he's starting to get obsessed with twenty three, and he goes in and has a discussion with Danny Houston. Doesn't th- th- here's more stuff that just doesn't make any fucking sense. What is twenty three? Is it God? Uh. <laughs> what? And then Danny Houston goes no two God. divided by three, six six six, the number of the devil. There are only twenty two chapters in the Book of Revelations. We all know how that ends. Shut up, Danny Houston. Yeah, but he doesn't believe it either. You scumbag. <laughs> um, did we talk about how <laughs> the author of this book's name is Top Secrets? Top Secrets. Top Secrets. And then they try to <laughs> they try to track down the author of the book by know. sending him twenty three boxes. Twenty three boxes of styrofoam snow, and it's like and that it works. wasn't okay. It wor- but it would have worked if they had sent one package of anything. Why did they need to do? Yeah. Well, so you go twenty. The guy counts up all the packages and goes twenty three. We want to we want to freak him out first, and then we'll confront him. I did like yeah. that. It turns out that it's Bud Court who stabs himself in the throat immediately. <laughs> Wait, was that actually him? It's Bud yeah, Court from Harold Mod and uh, and Heat. Courts in session and like life aquatic. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy. He's the Bond Company stooge. Hmm. Yeah, what a weird looking guy. Courts in session. <laughs> but Jim Carrey like finds out a person that he thinks is top secrets. It's a guy in jail. You're not Mar- saying it, right? It's topsy. It's top secrets. Top, sorry, top and it's, secrets. And it's Mark Pellegrino. Because we're not supposed to catch it until the end. Mark Jake, Pellegrino, Jacob delicious. from Lost. Yes, and he is in jail for murdering this woman. Yes, and he Lauren, claims he claims Lauren Tollins. Oh yeah, wait, who is this guy? 
He's the guy <laughs> who is who was uh, convicted of killing who the woman who turns out to have been Jim Carrey's like college girlfriend whom he actually murdered because he's a psycho. Why was he convicted of it? Because uh, he I forget what his Jim relationship Carrey, to like, Rona Mitra was, but he like came upon the crime scene, put his prints on the knife, stuff like that. Oh, like, whoops. Yeah. Classic d- rookie mistake. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I feel like he came and went so quickly that I was like, "Wait, who the fuck was that?" Yeah, and he's been in jail for this murder that he did not commit for decades, for like yeah. fifteen years, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. And uh, his, Jim Carrey his, goes to see him. He goes, yeah, he goes and makes this whole speech about how was, how thoroughly his life has been ruined by this because he thinks that this is the guy who wrote the book. Yeah, he thinks it's Topsy Crit. Jim yeah. Carrey keeps on being like, "Can all the personal bullshit Topsy Crits give me the scoop on the number twenty three? He's like, "What are you fucking talking about?" Yeah. I know. <laughs> he's like, "Get the fuck out <laughs> I of didn't here!" Do it. I'm not. I'm not not guilty. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then it's shortly after this that Why does he think that that's top secret stuff? How does he find him? Yeah. I'm not going to be able to remember. That's what I didn't know. Connective tissue. Something with 23, probably. Something having to do with 23. Yeah. Well, he probably finds the name and stuff because, like, there's there's that great like, like we talked about how they they try to find the author and it's Bud Court, but the, the the way that they find it is really funny because like it's the kid and he's like, so I was up late reading the book and I found this PO box in the back of the book. That's right. And it just shows him That's like right. reading it with a flashlight and then he like peels the last page apart and there's like a thing and it's like, and you waited till the next morning to just like bring this up at a random moment later in the day because it's like it doesn't it's not even like uh, first thing in the morning. It's not even like he, he comes down and goes. Oh my god! I found something in the book. It's like they're having a discussion about some other thing, and they're like, "We've got to find the author." And the kid's like, "Hey, I know how we could do that." I've been Last night I was reading the book, and I found the ad- the author's address. I've been waiting for someone to bring up how we could find this author. Yeah, it's so that's, weird. That's that's the sort of thing that, that, that happens. It happens in this multiple movie. times. Uh, like just speaking of just sort of like things happening at a specific time. There's like several times in this movie where Jim Carrey is looking at a clock, and it goes. And turns to twenty three, and he's like, "Well," and it's like, "Yeah, you can just stare at a clock, and eventually the twenty three is gonna happen." They do say a broken clock broken is twenty three twice a time, ta- twice a day. In, in this case, true. it's gonna do it twelve times in a day. <laughs> it does it. Those clocks are, are saying twenty three over and over and over again. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucked so up. Twenty three is God, baby. Twenty three is God, baby. Chill out about it, bro. God. It's just fucking nonsense. It is God, shred though, it. I, I wish that this movie ha- had been shred it. I do wish that this movie had been made uh, by people who took the 23 myth more, like seriously? people who believed in it. <laughs> I, in was like a I wish Breen they would movie. take the 23 yeah. myth a little more seriously. I mean, uh, t- yeah. Because, like, who knows? Maybe next year we're going to get a remake. Because next year is 2023. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> oh, <Damn>. wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I hadn't even thought about that. We're fucked. That's the God year. The, they, that the year is God, coming. The God that year, year is coming for us. I'm gonna just start referring to next year's the God year, and when anyone asks, they're gonna be quite surprised by my reasoning. <laughs> well, it's 2023. 23 is everywhere. Uh, but this is the. But whenever like Jim Carrey goes on a on a rant where he's like talking about how he finds all these numbers and and divide this by that and stuff, this is uh, it does need to be pointed out. This is how 40 percent of the country thinks about shit now. Oh, this God. is basically all the QAnon. This, like, Q- this is the way that like, QAnon people think about stuff. Is just like th- numbers, and then you take them and divide them, and you got a but grease board there, here, and you just keep going until you about get the conclusion. Ac- the actual study of numerology and stuff. I suppose sure. so. I, but it's not this. 
for, no, for, I sure for hope certain not. it's not this. I, I sincerely don't believe that the people that wrote this and Schumacher <laughs> were seriously be- believe believers about believe energy you, and neurology you and about tarot and Frondly fingers? Frondly fingers, yes. <laughs> well, the characters are constantly saying, like, pointing out exactly what's wrong with their thinking in it and stuff mm. like that. And Jim Carrey looks like a complete lunatic when he's drawing all these conclusions. Oh, but he fucks. But, but he fucks. I hate it. Jim Carrey, but but naked, naked butt cheeks, just thrusting on fully clothed oh, 23 women. Twenty three thrusts. Twenty three. He thrust. He does thrust in that scene twenty three times. Oh it's fucking God. insane. Oh my God. I hate it. <laughs> the MPAA was like, you have to cut at least four thrusts to get a to get an R rating, and they're like, no, twenty seven. It's too intrinsic to the film. No, pe- people will. They, they might not think that they get it, but they get it. They get it. Yeah. Subtly, they it's, get it. It's a brain worm. It's a total brain worm. Um. So at the end of the movie. Oh what God. happens this, is this is where it starts to get really tedious because I think that this movie is very goofy and silly and fun. Actually, there is another part that it, possibly the most embarrassing part of the whole movie. So, uh, so Bud Court, after they send him twenty three packages, yeah, and he sees himself. Jim Carrey and goes like, "You were supposed to be gone dead, yeah. or dead or something." Stabs, cuts his own throat with a box cutter. He d- I don't think he needed to do that. <laughs> and then Virginia, and then it, and then after shortly after this, things are starting to spiral out of control for old Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey and his son go. On the twenty third step of the, they go they go through the book and they go every twenty third page and then they circle every twenty third word which spells out go to the bottom of the stairs in this park in Casanova's park yes and dig or something yes right he go take naturally he takes his son they go they dig they dig up a skeleton there. Oh, and we we, for, we, we also sure we also forgot to mention the recurring appearance of Ned, the Guardian of the Dead, the dog who yes. watches in the graveyard. Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, and he keeps he keeps showing up. And at one point, Jim Carrey just wants to dr- like run run him over with a car. He, he blames so the much. dog for all this stuff happening to him because yes. him trying to catch the dog made him late, which led to his wife going yes. into that bookstore and finding the book and ruining his whole life by exposing the, him to the existence and of the dog's guarding over the the gravestone of his ex girlfriend <laughs> that happens That's to right. be in the same town. That's I guess? right. Yes. The go- the girl who's dead, Lynn, they, they Lauren Tollins. Laura Tollins. But it's yeah. just a it's just a symbolic gravestone. There's no body there. They never found the body. They never found the body. Because of course, Jim Carrey finds that body underneath the stairs with, right. with his son. And they dig. Yeah, they dig. They find a skeleton. Then they drive down the road this to a call box. So it's weird that they don't. <laughs> it it's is. weird that they don't have cell phones in 2006. But they drive to a call box. Yeah. And call the police, and that's when Corey Stoll shows up. Yeah, they're fairly wealthy. Well. I would think they would have cell phones. Yeah, he's a fucking dog catcher. He's raking it in hand over fist. Corey Stoll shows up and is like, uh, "There's no body here," because somebody, yeah, somebody has moved the body. Dug uh, dug up the whole skeleton, and then just shortly after this, he sees Virginia Madsen like washing and Danny her hands. Houston and and Danny because he comes and helps. Yeah, but he sees her washing her hands, and then then he's like, "You're the one that's doing it," and she's like, "No," and then no, she's, and then she's like. Okay, I moved the skeleton. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah, but I did, I did, I did move, move the, the skeleton, skeleton. But that's, that's just because something I did. Yes, that's because you got you got a wife. How did she do that in stuff? like an hour? And oh, also, she's where good. did she put the skeleton? I don't and know. also, she literally handled a skeleton. <laughs> that that I, mean, I want to see. That's like a dream come true for that me. That should yeah. be a cut scene. That that should be a scene at the end after the credits where you just see her right. pulling bones Ew. out of this thing and being like, God damn it. My husband sucks. <laughs> um, well, that happens. So she moves the skeleton, and now he's like fully turned on her. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, because she's she, like, he's like, "You're top secrets. You're top secrets. You You're be. the one doing this, and this is all." She's like, "No, I'm not top secrets. Let's go up to the attic." And she goes into the attic, and she opens up this trunk, and she's like, "Here is your saxophone." She found, she found a clue trunk yeah. at the loony bin. <laughs> Here's your murder trunk. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's, it's got a, a murder sa- clue It's trunk. got a saxophone in it, and it's got uh, uh, the, the manuscript, which still has the the top secrets uh, authorship on it. But she just peels that off and is like, "It's you. It's your name." I glued it back. I peeled it off the first time. I glued but it I back on to for the reveal. Back, so I glued it back on. 
So wait, why did Bud Court have that P.O. box? I don't, I don't I'm, know. I'm not going to be able to explain so much of this. Who is he? I so don't and know. And why did he have to kill himself? I swear to God, it doesn't add up. Like they did, and Joel Schumacher is not a particularly. Is thorough he supposed to be Jim Carrey's way. absentee dad or something like that? No, he was he was uh, his uh, doctor at the insane asylum. Oh. And, oh, and and Jim Carrey put his disease in him because he was like, I'm just a regular doctor, and this crazy guy. Oh, he uh, became obsessed with the number twenty three. And then he's like, You're right, the number twenty three sucks or is good or whatever, it's and then he God. flips out. And uh, and so she, and so because of that, she she finds the the clue trunk. This has got all the explanation for all the stuff. And then we finally get a flashback of what actually happened, which is fucking... Which is that Jim Carrey was insane. a regular dude, and then he went to college, and then he basically became schizophrenic. I, yeah, he got a, be, became obsessed with a lady Rona who Mitra. was like a... a I guess this was his, his ant, uh, antecedent for the suicide blonde. Yes. The, who this is based on. He was never a detective at all, but he liked detective books. Yeah. So that's, that's how it got into the book. There's a missing chapter of the book that I think she finds. I think that the missing chapter of the book is in the cl- the clue trunk, maybe. Uh-huh. And it's like, all right, let me explain. This is chapter 23, and all that stuff wasn't really true, but it was kind of true. Here's the real story about what happened. I was in college. Uh, I, was I was 40 fucking, when I was, I was in college, by the way. I was 40 when I was Jim Carrey looks older old. than he is. Yeah. Uh, and... And I uh, was fucking this girl, and you, you better believe we see another scene of Jim Carrey's naked butt cheeks are thrusting. Yeah. Yeah, 23 thrusts. While well, she keeps her top on. For sure. <laughs> and and uh, But she's like a, da- a, a dangerous, damaged woman, and she's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> and then she, like, slashes his And his they do they arm. do, like, kinky sex games. Like, they're having sex, yes. and she's like, pretend you have a knife and stab me. Sex and, and death And you're like, that's together. not really that weird. What an erotic combination. Yeah. Jim Carrey was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor, but he, but he lost it to Eddie Murphy for Norbit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a heated, that's a yeah, tough year, <laughs> tough year, tough year for it, tough year. Um, uh, but yeah, but th- th- this scene is is actually pretty like Jesus Christ, uh, where this is what really happened. And Jim Carrey, she's like she slashes his his arm with a knife, and I think she's sleeping with someone else, and he's jealous. And then he goes like, "What are you doing?" Ah! And then he like flips out, and he really does. He murders her. Yeah, straight yeah. up. He really murdered this lady. <laughs> and then he like buries her body underneath the stairs. And then he goes fucking crazy. <coughs> and this is the most embarrassing scene in the whole movie, where Jim Carrey is in a hotel room. Oh. And this is still in the and flashback. He, he keeps going to the same hotel room, which has the the, the he stays in room twenty three. And yeah. am I wrong, or is the hotel in an abandoned movie theater? C- could very well be. But, uh, but all I know is there's a part where they he's I uh, know that's in the story that's in the story there's like apartments in a in an abandoned movie theater because like Danny Houston's getting arrested in the story that's right and he they're throwing him to the back of the car and you see the marquee on the theater and it says apartments are rent oh yeah anyway um but yeah he's in this hotel room in the hotel the neon of the hotel all the letters are out so it just uh-huh. says hell yeah great with one L great, great job perfect, everybody perfect stuff and. Um, but this is where he's like going crazy in a hotel room, yeah. and uh, and he's writing his book, he's writing his book and going crazy, and this is just like a, a series of shots of Jim Carrey, I, I think kind of riffing, oh, I don't but it's not com. Well, it's not supposed to be comedy riffing, and so he's, dr- he's it's supposed to be like a, a guy going through a real crisis. Yeah, but Jim Carrey's bad, and Joel Schumacher's bad, and so his it's very embarrassing. Like Jim Carrey's drooling. One part that I thought was really funny that I thought had to be like really had to be a riff is like there's a cur- there's like a 
curtain that's been pulled over the top of uh-huh. the window, and he's like, I just tried the fucking number 23, and I just it. Uh, and then he grabs the curtain and wraps it around himself like a shawl, because he's so crazy, and you're like, <laughs> I think that that's just a thing that he did, and Schumacher kept it. Do, do, more, do more Riddler, Jim. This is embarrassing. Make it more Seventy-five percent more Riddler. Um, did you guys know? I just, I just looked this up. Jim Carrey actually uh, believed in the twenty-three thing. Of course, well, he's insane. Yeah. Well, Jim Carrey also needs. Yeah. What they didn't know at the time was Carrey had also had his own personal connection to the number twenty-three. And this is Jim. I actually changed the name of my company to JC Twenty-Three a couple years ago because I had kind of an obsession with the number for a long time. One of my friends in Canada had the obsession, and he told me about it. Started pointing to things that license plates and showing how they added up to twenty-three. I thought it was ridiculous, but I started seeing it everywhere and it finally ended up culminating in my realization that the 23rd Psalm was about living without fear. That's why I used it in my company name. When the script came along, it was completely coincidental. I was telling a friend about my 23 thing and he told me he just read a script called the number 23. So I read it, was blown away. It was so compelling. It was freaking me out page by page. I gave the script to another friend of mine to read and after an hour and a half, I went in to see him. He had read the entire script to turn to page 23 where he was circling every 23 word to see if there's a pattern. That's what I think this movie will do with an audience. You'll leave the theater going, there it is. <laughs> Jim Carrey's a fucking idiot. And also, <laughs> also, it needs to be pointed out, if we're, since we're talking about Jim Carrey being a fucking dumbass, that he also is like an anti-vax guy and was oh, one of the original anti-vax yeah, guys. Yeah, That's, uh, yeah, like, yeah. fuck Jim Carrey. Yeah, he poisoned uh, Jenny McCarthy on that. Yeah. Did he start Jenny McCarthy on that, or was I it vice versa? Or who knows? Who, who the fuck? It doesn't matter. Either way, fuck that guy. That That is goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey. Yeah, dude, whatever. Pull it together, man. Anyway, oh my God. at the end of this bullshit, <laughs> it turns out... That yeah, he was what obsessed with this woman idiot. in college. He murdered her, got away with it. <laughs> Brutally murdered her, got so, away with somehow, it. Sent an somehow ended up jail. framing uh, Mark Pellegrino for it, got away with it, and then like got better. You know, married the Virginia Madsen and had a child. And he go- he goes to the insane asylum. This yeah. is very funny. Economic. <laughs> this is like too economic for the st- too economical storytelling. Yeah. Where he gets out of the insane asylum, the doctor like shakes his hand like you're mentally good now, and he's like thanks, doc. And then he walks out and bumps into Virginia Madsen, and they meet and yeah. immediately right there. It's like, dude, you know, you should continue going to a therapist. You probably shouldn't like be in a relationship with anyone else. This is just some like some butterfly effect, sad dad, secret window, Shutter Island bullshit, you yeah. know? It really is. Well, let's not, let's not lump Shutter Island into this with this garbage. <laughs> but uh, I, I would happily lump it in there. But um, but yes, and then the, the the whole movie concludes in a very kind of. I guess the only way that it could, but it is also sort of like, damn, we're really ending it like this, yeah. where he kind of goes like, shit, I've sent an innocent, I've murdered a person and sent an innocent man to jail. And I, drove I, a man to kill himself. I yeah. gotta go to jail. And he does. And he does. And, <laughs> and then the other like, guy gets out. And he's like, but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be okay now, because, you know, sometimes you just have to atone for your past mistakes. Sometimes you just gotta blah, lock blah, 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 yourself blah. up, baby. And then, and then he's like, staring at the camera, and then it could, the, cu- the clock goes to 2.15, two and, and it's 23, and he like, makes a funny face, and it's over, and you're like, I hate you. Fuck you, yes, movie. Yes, this is the voiceover, he's like, he's, he goes like, uh, they, they said they said they'll give me a lower set a lighter sentence because I turned myself in eventually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess. Get a and longer then, sentence. And he goes, and it's all. And, but I'm. But the point is that justice is being served finally, and and eventually, you know, I'll just I'll just count the time until I get out and get on with my life. And but of course, time is just a counting system. To numbers with meaning attached, attached to them, <laughs> isn't it? And then that shows the clock and it says number 23 and you're like, fuck! And, da then, da da it, da and da then it ends with a title card. It ends with a title card. Yes. 
that says, be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers 2332, which is true. <laughs> and then they play a, a song called The Banality of Evil by a band called Nine Horses. <laughs> Very cool. This movie rocks. I kind of love this movie. I'm so mad. It's just, it's really something else, this movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're it's telling very, me. It's very it should have it should have ended, uh, ended with him Fucking going like without the. It, you, I guess you could have the quote or not, but it should be like him going like it's just a collection of uh, you know numbers with meaning attached to them, right? Boom, 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 That's what I should have done. Bring, 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 and then I just kicked Jim Carrey's ass all up and down crazy. Main Street. Pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. There's a. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna try to find this. At number twenty three. But one of the funniest things I've ever I, seen. I, I watched this for the first time. Uh, actually, at Rich's house, uh-huh. and we, this was like shortly after it came out. And um, there's they had one of those things where you can, you, you, when you watch it through, like Easter eggs will be oh, yeah, on yeah. DVDs. The, the, the New Line Cinema Infinifilm series. Infinifilm. Yes. yes. And, uh, what? and you, you click oh, on one thing. of it, and you, you can't find it through the menu otherwise. You have to do it on the Infinifilm thing. Yeah, so yeah, you have to, to like turn it, it on so that it plays during the movie. Yeah. And it is just Jim Carrey with a t- in a tight close-up with spooky music playing, just reciting like 23 um, Stuff. minutia. Or like, Pearl Harbor took place on the 23rd hour of the 23rd month of whatever. <laughs> and we were discussing the misprinted calendars. And he just—it's just that's it for like two or two and a half minutes of just oh Jim Carrey God. like looking directly at you in a tight cl- close-up in his Grinch costume, just going like <laughs> <laughs> in his Grinch costume. <laughs> 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 it is so embarrassing. And fuck Jim Carrey, and I'm glad his, this ruined his career. I think he's good. As, he's good as the Grinch. <laughs> okay. Nobody believes my theory that that movie would be 50 times better if it was called The Grinch. I don't believe that theory either. The Grinch? Yeah. Why not? I, I I understand Could why be. nobody believes that tell you theory, what, man. Tell you what, prove me wrong. <laughs> prove it's it. a more solid theory than the number prove 23 wrong. theory. Do it. Prove it wrong. Prove me wrong, you motherfuckers. <laughs> do it right Got now. Got nothing to lose, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show I'm, your work. I am going down in flames, bitches. Let's do it. Let's fucking go. Show your work. The <laughs> it's the Grinch. It's the better. The Grinch is still Chris. <laughs> See? It's, it's 35% better. No, it's 23% better. <laughs> we can't prove him wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong, you guys. It's possible. Uh, this is Jim Carrey. This is also like my theory that the movie would be better if uh, if, it, if he was named Chewbacca instead of Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that. We all, believe, we all believe that. Mark, Chewbacca? <laughs> Mark Vader. Mark Vader and Chewbacca. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Chewbacca. That's enough, man. Chewbacca. As I scroll Chewbacca, Chewbacca. in my all, I have for some ways reason. To make, I have ways to improve all kinds of movies. Do you know that they, they would be better if it was called if his name was Speederman, if his name was George Speederman? I know that one because you won't stop talking about that one. This is crazy. <laughs> George Speederman. You're crazy fucking theories, man. You're going to well, tear my brain apart. You can't prove me wrong. You're going to tear my brain asunder with this stuff. Yeah. I don't need to hear this stuff. It's, tear me, it's me and Top Secrets just, just breaking <laughs> down the walls of reality, the doors of perception. <laughs> Happy oh my! New and Jim Carrey finds out with like twenty minutes left in the movie. Top secrets. Oh, oh no, because his, wi- his wife is literally like top secrets. I like top it. Secrets. I like it when he's talking to the one kid about it, and the guy's like, "Good old Topsy." Yeah. <laughs> another another thing that happened, oh, like a revelation that happens just so late, where you're just like, "This Jim Carrey character is just a fucking idiot." Like he's Jim Carrey in real life, and uh, but it's like the whole pink thing where that lady was going on about her favorite uh-huh. color is pink, and he's like. He finds this out way late in the game. He's like, my wife's maiden name is Pink. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Whoa. Boy. 
just occurred to me. Uh, incredible. Um, here's here's some fun lines. Uh, this is this is just hilarious bad writing that doesn't pertain to anything, but this is in the Fingerling uh, book. Fingerling at the zoo. He describes uh, the suicide blonde. Oh, she had a fa- she had a face meant to smile. What? Yeah. Uh, this is a scene where he's where he's having dang- legs that went all the way up. <laughs> where he's having dangerous sex uh, with one of the ladies Be in careful. the in the fingerling doll. And, and this is Jim you Carrey. Stub a toe. Jim Carrey himself going, "You shut up, bitch, or you die." <laughs> but it's sexy. So imagine it's sexy. Nightmare. It's a turn on. The number lived to kill another day. The number had gone after fingerling, and now it was coming after me. This is that's funny as hell. I'm sorry. Fingerling, aren't this a kind of potatoes? It's a <laughs> yeah, sexy it's name. A it's a sexy fucking name. It's a sexy potato. This is his wife flipping out where he's where he's going like you're the one in on it, and and then she's like he's like I'm gonna kill you, and that'll stop it, and she's like fine. Fine, kill me. Look around at all the beautiful 23s. You don't want to disappoint them, do you? <laughs> kill me. This is hilarious. Come I, on. I like this Come movie on, more. kill me. Come on. Come kill on. me. <laughs> you think this is the real quake? It is. It is. Uh, that's that's <laughs> enough. Open uh, up the door. There's 23 bombs in there. No, this is, and this is what he says to his to his kids <laughs> when he thinks he might have sex. She's a nice girl. Make sure she stays that way. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> Gross. What the fuck? Oh, they also make a China in a, in China. They eat dogs. Joke. Yes, uh, they do. Oh to point boy, out. Uh, be remiss not Very to point nice. that out. Very nice. Tremendous stuff. What a fucking disaster! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, ratings. Uh, I'm gonna have to give this one and a half juds. It's terrible. It's annoying. Like it, it frustrated me to no end. Like I, I wasn't having fun hating it. No. You know, okay. I was just getting more and more pissed off. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like what. One and a half Douglases for all the dangerous sex. That's like the dangerous sort of PG thirteen sex. A lot of Jim Carrey butt thrusting. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm happy gonna about it. Give it. Uh, oh God, what am I gonna fucking do? What am I gonna give? What this? am I gonna do? What am I gonna fucking do? <laughs> Guys, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna give this one hastily removed skeleton. Interesting. Sure enough. And successfully, though. Mm-hmm. It didn't leave a trace of it behind. Yeah, very, what very good work. Do? Good job, guys. You're up. Uh, I'm going to give it, ooh, it is a one and a half or less, but you got to keep in mind, if you want kind of a more advanced level fun bad movie, uh, I'll probably watch this movie again, honestly. I, I've seen it four times now. You have to see it 23 times before you die. I might see it 23 I just think it's just incredibly silly, and it's and it's embarrassing, it's just one of those movies that astonishes me that it exists. I'm just like I can't fucking believe they made this right. whole movie. And Jim Carrey was a huge star and a huge fucking idiot. Uh, so just all those things coming together. Uh, I'll give it one and a half Douglases for naked Jim Carrey uh, thrusting on fully clothed women on three occasions, I believe, something like that. And I'm going to give it... 23 23s. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> 32 23s. Jesus Christ. 32 works too. Uh, Emily, oh. put, put us out of our misery and wrap this up. I'm giving a two Juds because talking about it with you guys was kind of funny and fun. It was kind of funny. But fun. I really didn't like Lucky Number 11 more than this. So 
And then I'm giving it two and a half Douglases because Jim Carrey fucking is just re- it just really makes me super uncomfortable and it just really skis me out. That's a that's a very high Douglas rating for you. For me, for sure. And it just really made I just it was just ugh. we were wondering <laughs> what was gonna finally get some high Douglas <laughs> ratings from Emily and that's what this and the quiet fascinating yeah. is like the only two. Um, and then I'm giving it uh, ten out of ten. No, I'm giving it twenty three out of twenty three. Uh, Ned, Guardian of the Dead Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> Dead Dogs. We fucking did it. Oh boy, dumb and dumb number. And, dumb and number. That is an aptly named dumb episode. and number. Okay, That's, it's going to turn out to be a good episode. It's a title where we get the wordplay, but then also it's correct. Like yeah, these yeah. movies are all so stupid. Dumb. And and in a way, numbing as well. <laughs> uh, what's next? Yeah. yeah. What's next on the docket? Uh, We're gonna do three. Oh, Travis has been wanting to do this one for a long time. Yeah. I've been bleeding for this caper. You've been bleeding for this caper, and it's going to be three late-period Nadir Al Pacino thrillers. The yep. Recruit, 88 Minutes, and Righteous Kill. <laughs> we will be the Excited. first people to ever see Righteous oh. Kill. We'll be the oh, first yeah. people to watch the movie Righteous these. Kill. How's your skin, son? <laughs> I've never seen any of these. I'm excited. We're I coming out! I like Al Pacino a lot. Guns blazing. Oh, that's right. We get to do all our Al Pacino. This is going to be the worst day of your oh, life, Emily. a bad man. When we record this, it's going to be this. It's going to be this for fucking two and a half maybe hours. I'll join, oh. Maybe I'll join in. You should. Pacino's an easy one to just kind of... I'm a fan yeah. of man. I got my, my uh, meat-wad Al Pacino impression. Oh, yeah. Do that one right now for me. <laughs> there we go. That's no. it. Just a little taste. No, just I a hate little that. Taste. I hate those. I just hate a little taste. Guy. I'm going to make you recruit. Oh, Come on. That's right. the early oh, Alpacino. Yeah, it's, so, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Once, gonna, it, hits gonna, lips, gonna, once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> we're going to be uh, kicking off the new year with this. Yeah. So. <laughs> and subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. Rate us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. Or Five stars only, please. 23 stars if possible. 23 stars if possible. Give us 23 stars. Uh, Follow us on The Stuff and tell all your friends. And we're really excited to go into the new year. Yeah. Oh. And until then, the suspense is fucking killing us. Love you. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year. 23. When you were only 23.